Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is Carlo, uh, and uh, today I'm accompanied by none other than intrepid co-host, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hello. Hello. And uh, we are joined uh, by returning champ, Aaron Thorpe. Hello, Aaron. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for having me back on, and uh, especially to talk about uh, one of my uh, favorite uh, movies, if not my favorite superhero movie of all time. That and that and that would be thank you for thank you for that. You led me straight into saying that this is meteor going to man. be about yes, <laughs> exactly. Steel. There are meteors. There are meteors involved in this movie. Uh, this is Superman the movie, uh, the first of well, maybe not the first superhero movie, but definitely the one that I remember as a child. Um, nineteen seventy nine, I believe, right? Seventy eight. Uh, and uh, Christopher Reeves, Mr. Superman himself. Let's talk about that, not the Flash movie. <laughs> <laughs> which fuck um, that, fuck uh, that. Yeah, yeah. Which um, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be straight up and be honest. Um, I went and saw it. Um, but I walked out. Uh, like maybe a th- <laughs> maybe it's like a third of the way through. And um, I'm kind of happy that I did because um, uh, maybe I won't ruin it for anybody that uh wants to see that movie i mean if you want to see it i would advise you to not waste your money but um there is a nod a very um specific nod to christopher reeve's superman um with this multiverse that uh, dc is trying to do and Mm. follow marvel with and um it's not good folks so uh this is the good stuff this is the uncut premium shit right Mm -hmm. here we're talking about you know With, with with the actual still living christopher reeves in it uh, and none of this digital necromancy. Yes, this this yeah. almost AI looking uncanny, like you know uh, what is it the wax museum type of Christopher Reeve that they <laughs> fucking Madame have going Tussauds, on the flash. Uh, yeah, Madame Tussauds <laughs> like fucking Christopher Reeves, like he looks like a fucking mummy. It's terrifying, man. Please don't go see that movie. <laughs> Please, it's really and, bad. You know, it's it's interesting to me to compare something like this movie, which you know I there. I certainly have a couple of criticisms. I, I know that you mentioned you have you have one or two as well, Aaron. Like I don't think it's a perfect movie, mm-hmm. but it's got weight. It's got heft. It's yes. a it's a film, and it's kind of pathetic to see what amount to theme park rides trying to steal some shine off of a God. What is it now? Almost like a forty year old movie. Yeah, you know, well, and, like, and, and the and the um, the amount of actual like th- that's the thing. I, I think we were talking about this um, before we started, Aaron. And you said that you you re- you hadn't revisited this in a couple of years. Yeah, I'll, wow, like ten years probably. Uh, I'll I'll be straight up. I am pretty sure I haven't seen this in probably 
20 plus years. Yeah, mm. I think I think I was like a kid or maybe like an early teenager the last mm-hmm. time I actually sat down and watched this all the way and, through. And watching it now, the thing that really sort of uh, impresses me um, about this this movie is just the utter sincerity of it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I, wanted, I wanted to mention, go, go, actually, I don't want to cut you off, Carl. Did you want to continue? Go ahead. No, no. I mean, I, mm. it's just, I, I think it's, it just is a, a I think I, I might have told you this. Uh, or, or maybe I've mentioned it elsewhere, but but like Superman, Superman is a hard is a hard uh, superhero to like in part because he's sort of like really corny, and yeah. when you're like a teenager and you're getting into comic book type stuff, you want like you know the dark and gritty. You want guys. the rough fucking Rob Liefeld shit. You know what I mean? That's written Extreme. by fucking Frank Miller. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yes, you want stuff that where they're they're peeling the, their lips back from their teeth and grimacing and going. That's so extreme. Yeah, you want blood and guts, you know. Yeah, you want Wolverine uh, instead of Cyclops. You know, you want <laughs> Batman instead of Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, the other thing I think is that like it's Superman is I think a little tricky to keep relevant or to mm-hmm. stay relevant as we moved away from. Like the further we get from mid twentieth century, I think the the more you have to not necessarily change, but you have to take a hard look at I think and question what Superman means Absolutely. and represents nowadays. Because mm-hmm. in the context of when this movie was made, you know, late seventies, and the context of when you know Superman really blew up on the scene, I, I think the easiest way to put Superman is, is that he's extremely american Mm -hmm. but he is not a late 20th century american he is that that you know gauzy smeared lens big flowing waves of grain green lawns he is an aspirational mid-century american superhero that's why he is you know he is the american superhero and i think that as we collectively various people to speaking for myself have fallen out of love and struggled with the idea of America as this big dream, as this thing, you know, I think it's because Superman can sometimes feel a little bit unmoored. Right. Cause like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's hard to say, well, like, what does he stand for now? You know, Batman, it's, it's much easier to, to say, okay, bat, you know, Batman is still relevant now, whether or not he's a cop, you know, you can you can make your criticism. I think with Superman, it's a it's a bigger and tougher criticism and a bigger and tougher pivot. So yeah. it was refreshing I, I to, think, to go back to this film and be like, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, I kind of have a little bit of a theory, which is not really original, I guess. But, um, you know, I, I think that the difficulty I agree with that, Kurt. I think the difficulty with Superman is um, he is very American, but he also represents the best of what yes. we can be. And I'm talking about we as like a society, humanity, mm-hmm. right? Human yep. potential. I mean, that's why they call him the man of tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I've noticed that the man of tomorrow has fallen out of favor um, um, and has still has been supplanted more so by his other moniker, the man of steel, right? So mm-hmm. in this kind of era of futurelessness, right, where you don't not only can can't imagine a future for America, but a future for the rest of the world. I think that, and especially with the earnestness and the selflessness that Superman represents, right? Like as Christopher Reeve says, right, um, in the movie and has said in interviews, you know, Superman represents a friend to everyone, you know. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this this complete selflessness and earnestness is kind of hard to wedge against this looming apocalypse that's like hurtling towards us. And mm-hmm. I think that's why DCWB um, uh, has had a hard time, perhaps, um, you know, uh, rebooting the franchise or really whether, you know, it's Henry Cavill or Brandon Routh and the mm-hmm. Superman Returns um, reboot. Um, I think it's hard because, you know, what do we believe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think Superman actually could be, I mean, honestly, more, and he's my favorite superhero, so I'm going to wax poetic, but he could be more relevant than ever because for me personally, I mean, um, I'm the son of immigrants, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've always kind of lived in sort of, I think any, you know, child of immigrant parents can agree with this. You kind of live in two worlds, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I had friends who were black, but they were black American. And I would bring home food that my mom had made. My parents were Jamaican. And, you know, people make fun of me. I've heard, you know, um, you know, other people, right? Not even black Americans, but Amer- white Americans, right? Say things, right? Um, not knowing that my family, you know, is from Jamaica. And I don't know, Superman having to kind of live in these two worlds, you know, and pretend. And I also think, you know, to, to even get a little personal too, just sort of being black and living in two worlds, right? Like mm-hmm. all of this, right? From Superman's sort of immigrant origins, right? To like, as I'm saying, living within two worlds. I know Ta-Nehisi Coates, right? Is supposed to rewrite or supposedly is supposed to rewrite the reboot um, with a black Superman. I think all of these things are like, are definitely, you know, relevant now. But I, I do think the problem is, Kurt, as you said, is like, what is America? Like, what does mm-hmm. Superman represent now, you know? Yeah, like, like the, it's it's not so much that you can't, it's not so much that those same ideals, that justice, that fairness, that aspiring to help other people, that trying to represent the best that humanity can offer, it's not that those aren't powerful, it's that I think we don't have the easy shorthand that we had in 1978 that people could be like, oh, yeah. Amer- that's that's America. It's the America of Field of Dreams. It's the America of Smallville, and we don't we don't look at that quite so unquestioningly. So yeah, to your point, it's it's more relevant than ever. But I think it's 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 a little bit further removed from mainstream culture. You have to do a little bit of work to establish. Like when you say that Superman is good, or you say that you know Superman is something we can aspire to, what do you mean? And I think that's a question that a lot of people. Aren't aren't ready to answer, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, if I can sort of talk a little bit about the the time period this comes out in, uh, this is right on the cusp, like right on the edge of the '80s starting. And mm-hmm. remember the '80s. So, so it's it's very strange to me because Superman comes out right before the '80s when. In the '80s, you get a bunch of stuff that's looking back towards the '50s. Um, towards the childhood of like the, the eh, what we would call the boomer generation now, right? Um, but but even then, like before that that turn, right? That um, that terminus was crossed, right? Uh, you would get stuff like this where it's harkening back to a fifties, but it's a fifties. It's actually sort of rooted in the thirties or the twenties. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. definitely. And one of the things that strikes me, and we can get into it, uh, you know, I guess whenever, uh, at the beginning of this with, you know, Ma and Pa Kent, they, you know, they live out in a <laughs> secluded mean, farmhouse. Beginning two of three. <laughs> well, true, true. That's, uh, that's, well, he's beginning, he's beginning yeah, here on yes. Earth. Let's put yes. it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll go back to, uh, to the, the war in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but like 
if if the, they had overlaid some of the shots, uh, I think Kurt, you had shared a shot where it's like just yeah, you know, like uh, what is, what is it called? Uh, like a, a ray of of sun. Yeah, yeah. Shining it's one down of those on a farm one, one of those huge John Ford style landscape shots with yeah, like the the cracked clouds in the sky beaming this beatific light down upon their perfect little homestead. And, very Americana. Yeah, very Americana. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it looks like um, I actually I watched the film uh, Days of Heaven. Um, a few days before Superman, amazing, amazing film. And to your point, it is it is about it. It does take place like like I believe in the 1930s, and it's very much that it has that same look. And it it, mm-hmm. it could have been a shot out of that. It has that sense of yeah, those those big mid century historical films. Basically, well, w- what I was going to point out uh, is if they if they had overlaid just at maybe a, a 10% uh, uh, saturation rate, like a, a waving image of the Soviet flag, <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised either because <laughs> it's almost, it's it's sort of like the American version of like that Soviet, uh, yeah. Soviet realism. Yeah, type yeah of social, stuff. socialist realism, yeah. Socialist realism, yeah. So so like it, it feels very much of an era. Um, and I think that uh, to to the points that both of you were making, it's also an era where there was a certain, you know, like the institutions were believed Mm -hmm. uh, to help people. Exactly. And, and, you know, I want to bring up too, like, think about, you know, I don't mean to uh, bring everything back. There's the meme of bringing everything back to 9-11, right? But I'll just say that for the turn of the 21st century, right? Like, you know, three features, right? Um, the 2008 crash, of course, 9-11, the invasion of Iraq, um, you know, just war and economic, widening economic and wealth inequality, right? Something that people could notice, right? I think... You know, what the fuck was Superman doing on 9-11, you know? <laughs> what the fuck was Superman doing? And I mean, obviously, yeah. in the comics, you know, I think that Marvel, uh, for example, I remember their Spider-Man issue, the yes. month of 9-11, there <laughs> yes. was the black the black cover, right? I don't know what the fuck DC was doing, but it, it, it answers these questions about... You know, and it's not kind of creepy because Alan Moore brings up that it's disturbing, right? He did an interview in The Guardian, I think, or um, The Guardian did a profile on him, and he's talking about his short story collection. And one of the things that he says is that he's kind of fallen out of favor with comics, right? He doesn't really want to be involved with comic books anymore, the industry at least. And he says he finds it disturbing that um, thousands of people, millions of people rather, when the new Batman movie comes out, they go and see it, right? And it's infantilizing is what he was saying. This is a precursor to fascism, right? And, you know, thinking about like, okay, we we have these characters, right, that that cannot be, I guess, that are held down and weighted with the reality of the real world, right? And I mean, they're fantastical characters, sure, but then with this changing mm-hmm. landscape and this mm-hmm. looming apocalypse and everything that's happening, and I know DC's trying to do it with Superman's son, right? Um, he's going to marches and shit like that in the comics, but what really is the purpose of superheroes, a superhero like Superman, other than now to kind of coddle us, right, within the, this, this, this mm-hmm, cradle of mm-hmm. our childhood, right, um, against this, this looming apocalypse. And I think that this movie, like, I mean, it really transported me back to a time that, and I didn't see it when I saw it, I guess, when I was a teen. It was, I didn't see it when it came out. It wasn't even born yet. But it does have this, as you were saying, Carlo, it has this, and you, I think you were saying too, Kurt, it has this sincerity to it, you know. And it's not naivete, you know. It's not at all mm-hmm. because at mm-hmm. the end of the fucking movie, 
you know, uh, uh, Lois dies, right? But mm-hmm. Superman is able to spin around, fly around the Earth, which we'll talk about it. That's one of the things I was just like, this is fucking stupid, but fine, I'll take it, right? But it's 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 optimistic, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. how do you... You know, I don't want to bring up the other Superman movies, but I mean, there's the Man of Steel, and then there's mm-hmm. the uh, there's um, there's Batman versus Superman, right? These kind of grittier takes, and I just think they fell flat. I mean, even the palette of the film, the fact in this movie, his costume doesn't just have the undies; it's bright vermilion, yes. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. blue, it's yellow, you know. So I mean. Again, this film, I think, like, worked for the time that it worked in, where people still had a notion, I think, Carl, you were saying, a trust in institutions, mm-hmm. somewhat at least, I guess, before mm-hmm. the 80s, right? And even then, people, people in this are, are kind of, you know, joking around about Superman looking kind of goofy, too. Like, like when Superman gets to the city, we should probably just go into the movie after this, because we're kind of mm-hmm. teasing in that in that direction. But but one of the things that happens when he gets to the city is, is that... You know, both Clark Kent and Superman are kind of seen as this slightly naive, you know, corn-fed middle American nitwits. Like, you you get a sense from people like Lois Lane, who are a bit more cynical than Superman, who are like, who is this guy? Oh, mm-hmm. he's here to save the day, you know? So it's, and well, I, I think that that's something that's, that's often lost with when people talk about this film, is they act as if the film is naive and innocent and i would say it's actually it's it's actually very aware of cynicism and is trying to comment on superman in the modern world instead of the 1940s already yeah yeah that's true that's true i mean uh, lois lois lane like remember he he says oh that's so swell that's right yeah swell (laughs) who like she 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 essentially i don't remember the exact line but essentially you know she's like a lot of people don't feel comfortable using that word anymore (laughs) i remember that's exactly what she says to him and i was like yeah that's perfect can i I just bring one thing too that i found was interesting um you guys are talking about um you're absolutely right kurt because the film is very aware of the fact that like like he's a superhero you know what i mean i mean one of the first scenes like he gets mugged right like this is the big city um but i'm thinking about this line i don't i don't know if i'm gonna make sense but i was just thinking about this line where he saves lois um from the helicopter that falls off of the building the top of the daily planet i guess right and he Mm -hmm. saves her and he's like i got you and she's like who's got you you know and it's sort of like this disbelief right of like I mean, shit, man, we're all on our own in this big city. It's a doggy dog world. And here you are like, like, you know, like power, like propelled by the the power of your own body flying through the air. You know what I mean? It, it's very. And I mean, she faints after that. I mean, it, it's 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 magical is what it is. Right. Like mm-hmm. everybody. There's that scene too where he saves the cat. And that um, from the, he saves this little girl's cat and she goes inside and she tells her mom that this man came out of the sky. And she's like, stop telling lies and then slaps her. And I mean, just this sort of incredulity <laughs> that all these characters have is like very wholesome. Man. And it's very sort of like, yeah, I mean, I guess like if Superman really did exist, we would be like, what the fuck is this guy for real? You know, where did he yeah. come from? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, you've, I mean, you've seen the original trailer, right? The tagline was literally, you'll believe a man, a man can, can fly. fly. <laughs> yes. If that isn't speaking to sincerity and belief, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so let's let's um, let's rewind a little bit because we mm. we we actually get uh, like by the time Clark uh, is arriving at Metropolis uh, slash New York City, um, you know, that, that's actually the beginning of the second act. We have a whole first act that is just really amazing and, and so totally distinct. It feels like a whole different 
movie. It does. It really does. Um, so so let's talk a little bit about um how this opens, which I ab- I had forgotten the Me too. On I this. I think this gets cut on on like TV well, broadcasts a lot. I suspect well, there, that this this wasn't all always the, shown. There's the uh there's the the version that I saw now, which I, I I'm pretty sure was not the version that I saw in theaters is has like a weird uh like like it's uh the the curtains rolling back yes and a kid yes. I thought I was watching reading. the wrong movie at yeah, first I was, I, was on, I was like mind. what is this I didn't remember I, this I was like all. am I watching the making of <laughs> <laughs> documentary what the fuck is happening am I watching the and George like, Reeves super fan like what the and, fuck and, is and this? so so okay so I I had forgotten until I started talking about this, that the reason that I mentioned the trust in institutions, it establishes a frame that the Daily Planet is trusted as a news source around the world. Mm -hmm. This is the frame that we get before we even hear about Superman. Yes, yes. And the great, and can I add, the Great Depression, right? That even Mm -hmm. Metropolis Mm -hmm. is also... also, um, um, affected by the Great Depression, so it is. It's set, and yeah, that's a good point, Carl. It, they already set up this social economic sort of setting, you know. Where, yeah, where people are already sort of don't trust the system, right? Yeah, uh, if you will. And here is, you know. Yo, Jor El gave gave to us his only begotten son. <laughs> I love that. Can I just say, I just love. That entire, I think I know it by memory because I just love that entire speech. I mean, it's just Marlon Brando as Joel, and we'll get into it. But it's just, mm-hmm. it is an amazing performance, man. It truly is. It's for the short time he's in that movie. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. And and I I so so it opens on them. Uh, I I do have to say that I I do really wish that we had um, we had taken. Uh, a, a, a certain other branching in the technological race and developed a complete uh, crystal based technology <laughs> because the shit in Krypton looks great. It, it looks cool, man. I mean, they have like, they have like these crystals that are filled with, I don't even know, terabytes of data. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot easier than carrying around like, you know, like uh, well, no one carries on CDs anymore, but yeah, I, I could fuck with that, man. I yeah, could fuck yeah. with some crystal data. Yeah, Absolutely. Give me that. Uh, give me that. Uh, Marianne Williamson future. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I. You know. I. I do have to say though. Even before. Even before we get to um the the kind of Tron like Krypton sequence, um we get this massive massive credit sequence that goes on oh, yeah, yeah. for yes. what feels like forever. It is like. I just looked it up. It's almost five minutes long, um, and it <laughs> it's just ridiculous. keeps going. And it looks so fucking sick. There's like, the there's the absolute best that 1970s visual effects had to offer. You've got like everything is fucking like glowing and shining and shimmering well, and, 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 and flying and three, through space and 3Ds. And, yeah, you got like 3D explosions. 3D text flying at you. Mm-hmm. You've got like yep. galaxies exploding. You've got sparklers. It's just so much stuff. Um, With the music yeah. too, which also John Williams's score. I mean, like the planet Krypton, the first minute and a half of that yes. is one of, not even the whole song, but just the first, the whole song is great, but the first minute where it's building, that is more so than the John Williams Superman march. 
that is what Superman sounds like to me. Like, if anyone's seen the uh, Superman Returns trailer, the first one, and I was so excited for this movie because the trailer was beautiful and it used Jorel talking about him sending his only son with the first minute and a half. I mean, go look this up. Like, if you're listening to this, go look this up because you will. I mean, if you're a nerd like me, it made me cry. I mean, don't make you cry because the movie fucking sucked. But <laughs> it was pretty much a reboot. It was pretty much a remake of this movie. But that beginning opening, you know, with all the 70s special effects, which they're probably using like a, a fucking like ping pong ball has gripped on, you know? <laughs> and like it just with the with this with the soundtrack, it is just truly a different world. It's a separate world from the uh, from the rest of the film, you know? It mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like um Two other pieces to me. One is uh, Mars, the bringer of war, mm. the planets. Da 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 da. That one, yeah. Um, you know, uh, made popular by the Venture Brothers. By the Venture Brothers, of course. <laughs> um, the the other the other piece is, I, I think, significantly um, that it sounds a lot like in in that scene is uh, "Fanfare for the Common Man" mm. by Aaron Copland, um, hmm. which which is very much like an American populist piece of of music that yeah. the, it's it's almost it's almost like like a socialist realist realism like, for let's, yeah, 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 let's, yeah. Um and I, I, I think it's that that like you know whether that was a direct reference or it was just pulling from the same well, like I, I think I think your point about the music, Aaron, is like exactly correct. Like that that is establishes the tone so perfectly like before anything has happened before anything has really been said it's like it's just it just nails it nails the the scope it nails that it's something noble but it also nails that it's something like accessible or aspirational like it's something that you can grasp you can almost you can almost see the sun breaking through the clouds when you're listening to it it's just sounds like the scope is like i mean it's god it's sublime is what it is man Mm -hmm. and it really does set the tone for the rest of the film, in my opinion, and also for this 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 sort of destiny, right? That Jor-El is laying with. I mean, the the last son of Krypton, right? Because I mean, that's another thing too. Is that like you you have to remember you're watching this. You're like, man, like he is the last of his race. You know, mm-hmm. like a whole entire society is dead. And I mean, just that opening track and just the the opening of Krypton itself really does lend a weight and a gravitas to you know to to his his lineage, you know, and his is is where he comes from, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, and and so one of the things that I I, I think uh, Kurt and I have joked about many times uh, by by now is the fact that you know, like the way that Krypton looks is it's just. It's just so good. It it looks so cool and weird, and it's like all practical effects. Um, you know, it, it it's it's setting up this imagery that is supposed to look somewhat like what you would imagine a technologically based heaven would look like. Mm, right? That's a good point. Sort yeah. of setting setting things up so that you understand the like the 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 symbols that are being used and and the imagery that's being used you know and 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 granted like I, I find it strange uh, because like you know the you know Superman was was created originally by you know uh, what is it uh, Jerry Spiegel and Joe Schuster you know as I understand it to you know Jewish gentlemen who who were working in New York City uh, 
but at the same time, like this movie knows exactly what it's trying to do, right? It's yeah. it, it knows exactly what that myth is, and it's trying to sort of build um, a sort of a variation on it. Yeah. Well, they uh, used to uh, think the Gollum myth, right? I think it is right. The what? I think it's the I think the Gollum is right. Is this like um in Jewish folklore? I think he's like this. Oh, this oh the Gollum, yeah, Gollum, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were kind of inspired, like a savior, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I, I'm not, you know, th- that's not my lane, but I'll, mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see that. And and to be fair, like the the thing that strikes me is that, uh, you know, like like the he is of another you know, like of another world. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the whole sort of like the whole point here. Uh, mm-hmm. But before we actually get into that, uh, we have a trial, don't we? Yes. Yes. We have a trial. Yes. You know, which what? looks so fucking cool, man. <laughs> I've forgotten how cool that shit looks. It's great. You know what? I got so, I got confused for a minute because like for some reason in my mind, I was mixing up Superman one and two. Mm. And then I didn't even realize that like, like, who they're we're about to talk about, they're in it, but they're not even that super. They don't. No, I mean, yeah. the fact that this was set up, you know, <laughs> like I was just kind of like my jaw, like I'm going to watch two after we get off. Yes. Because like, yes. I want to see, I want to see Zod in the game, man. I want to see him. Like, uh, yeah. Terrence Stamp for the, for the, like the, the three seconds he's on screen. It's just like <laughs> electric. <laughs> yes. W- one of the things that I think is significant about both the courtroom sequence and really the whole Krypton sequence is it establishes that Kryptonian society is this very ritualized, religious feeling, very it's it's a kind of like I, I don't know, they, they they conveyed this sense of like it's very egalitarian, but it's kind of like a very like egghead egalitarian. Yes. It feels like it's very stilted. It's very it, it feels very removed. It feels very like Byzantine. It like, feels sterile, is, exactly. Kind of yeah. like the environment in a way, you know. Yeah, and 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 I think it's a significant contrast that it's setting up for what Jorel probably imagined that his son's life was going to be like, and the values that Jorel tries to adhere to, and the values that that Superman winds up you know, adopting when he actually gets to Earth because one of the central conflicts of the film that I had completely forgotten about is this tension between Pa Kent and Mm Jor-El of them both giving him kind of their own takes on what it means to be good, what it means to be him, what he owes himself, what he owes other people, what he owes his, you know, his his history as a Kryptonian. And it's 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 a really interesting contrast to me because I, I think the Superman of Krypton, you know, would not be a man of the people as the movie mm-hmm. stresses to depict Superman. You know, he would be removed. He would be, you know, like priestly, the way that everyone on Krypton seems to be. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that it goes in such a different, like a dramatically different direction. Even even like, you know, this big elaborate trial, like Superman is not, uh, you know, he's not a judge, yeah. right? He's, he's, not, he's not passing judgment on people. He is, you know, in his own way trying to help. So it's it's interesting that I think the contrast that from the very beginning we we get between you know Kryptonian justice and the justice that that Superman well, eventually comes to believe in. To to your point, Kurt, um, 
the fact that he's here to help and defers, even though he is more powerful, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it brings to mind that Futurama meme, right? Well, if he is more powerful, why does he not just simply lift <laughs> the earth, you know, or whatever? Um, but but he like at the end, like he he trusts in the justice system. You know, <laughs> he just for, drops for him off in prison. Here you go. Yes. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it, I mean, but it, but it makes a perfect sort of like, th- this is, that is sort of like the most childlike, uh, sort of naivete. Uh, I'm imagining they have to release <laughs> Lex Luthor immediately so he can actually have a trial. <laughs> They're like, no, this no, man, leave. This I'm man sorry. has not been given <laughs> legal counsel. There's no charges uh, against him, Superman. <laughs> But but, but but you know, it's kind of interesting, though, because it's like he does that right after he violates sort of like the prime directive, <laughs> yeah, the, basically, the, the, that his the, father the gives him, jor yeah. yeah, what Jor-El says to him, he says, don't interfere with human history, right? Mm-hmm. But he's still, and I guess there's that tension, right, about what he can do. Right. And like whether like when he's getting bullied by these kids at Smallville High and he says that, um, you know, I'm going to tear guys like that apart to pod can't. Right. Mm-hmm. And, his, you know, his father says to him, like, you know, just because you have I mean, I was about to say with great power comes great responsibility. He doesn't say <laughs> that. That's other red and blue, uh, red and blue uh, mass superhero. But, um, you know, it's like it's sort of this tension between what he can do with his powers. Right. And I guess sort of living among people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I I wanted to bring up like I don't want to get too far too far um off topic, but you were talking about Kurt like if he had I think it said something like you know if he had grown up on Krypton, mm-hmm. and um there's a I don't know if you guys have read um for the man who has everything which is a uh, a comic by Alan Moore Superman yes, comic yes. I think one of the few or one the only one that he might have done or maybe he did a couple but um so basically what happens is that. Um, without ruining it too much, uh, Superman finds himself in an alternate reality where Krypton never exploded, you know? And his father, Jor-El, who, as we know, is this very um, um, uh, sagacious... um, I mean, even though he's a Kryptonian, he has human sensibilities, right? Um, he, he, He sees not just the sterility of the law, but I guess what people can be, which is, I guess, why he decides in the original canon to send uh, 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 Kal-El Clark to Earth. But in this comic, um, he actually leads like this fascist, like it's very explicitly like fascist, like sort mm-hmm. of coup, I guess, right? I thought something like that. So it's sort of like, it, it's it's sort of interesting that the destruction of Krypton, right, is what allows, what gives Clark his humanity, right? And he has to sort of balance, right, this, this, this legacy of his people, right? Which, I mean, it's not, I mean, they do trap Zod and the gang in the Phantom Zone, you know? It's not like, it's not like this is a socialist or communist society or anything like that. But also with like what he can do for the people of Earth, you know? And what he mm-hmm. should do, right? What he's able to do, rather, without seeming like too godlike or without leading people, mm-hmm. right? Without them seeing him as a god, you know? Right, right. I think that that's, that's really important because he he's... He's the occluded superhero. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but by the way, Alan Moore did write at least a couple other Superman um, ones, including another very famous one, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Yes, yes, um, yes. He wrote both of those. But yeah, uh, For the Man Who Has Everything is terrific. Um, and yeah, I think it's 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 definitely interesting that that's the direction they, they go with it. Um, there's a surprisingly good adaptation 
of for the man who has everything in um, Justice on, League Unlimited. Yes, yes, yeah. it is very, it is really, it, it does away with the political elements. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a kid's show, but it's very, very good, actually. Yeah, it's good, and it's, it, it really, it leans into like some of the pathos of it. It's, it's sad. It's sad, but it's yeah, very sad. yeah, very good, good, uh, good adaptation, good, uh, good series in general. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. It's interesting the direction that it goes with that, and it also makes you think of, um. It makes you think of one of the other, you know, most famous political takes on on Superman. Although this part often gets, this part also often has the politics taken out, which is um, the Dark Knight Returns mm. has a big Superman part where where like the reason that Batman and Superman fight is often forgotten is because Batman objects. Or Batman's goal is to make Superman realize that he is Superman. He is not a tool of government he's not yep. a weapon he's not an institution and he sh- and he shouldn't be and it's interesting to me that 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 often gets gets left out because that's so of a piece with like the themes that this movie is trying to explore is this idea of and it's i don't know it's 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 funny it's it's i think unfortunate the way that frank miller's personal politics have have mm-hmm. gone on to color that because i think it's a much more interesting take on superman than it is on batman frankly but mm-hmm. anyway yeah. Yeah, i yeah. digress well i i i think that you 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 say you digress but you're you were expressing something that we we talked about earlier right which yes. is the yeah, fact yeah. that this is this is precisely uh, like Batman is precisely trying to make him remember that he he should believe right. in institutions and like become the Superman that he was, yeah. right? Rather because, than, because in than be subsumed by it, right? Well, right. Because because the the significant thing about in the Dark Knight Returns is that Superman, we basically see him like fighting the Vietnam War. Or no, I'm sorry, it's not Vietnam. He's fighting in like a Central Cor- American Corto Maltese. Yes. yes. And then yes. and then he's he's engaging in like nuclear strategy. He's basically become like like a weapon or like like the US Army uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. And well I and mean it's, it, yeah. it's it's funny that uh Moore in Watchmen basically does exactly the same thing with Manhattan, right? Oh yes. Because Manhattan yeah. is the is his Superman stand in. Yeah. Um essentially. Um but 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 yeah so so let let's get back to the movie because uh I, I do want to say that um the the tri- I, I'm gonna admit something. Mm. The when when they open up the dome and that mirror comes floating out of space. The Phantom Zone mirror. <laughs> and, and the Phantom Zone like pulls away and you see them like all sort of like uh sort of like squished up against the mirror. Like as a kid, that that disturbed me. <laughs> that is what happened to them. <laughs> what what's what's going on? Yeah, are they like crushed? Yeah, watching it, watching it again as an adult. Um it's it's pretty creepy, man. It's very claustrophobic. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it's, now, it's, now it's just I, a strange concept. It's like we've put you in a little box. We put you in a two-dimensional <laughs> universe from which you cannot escape. You know, yes. <laughs> or maybe it's a three-dimensional universe. But but they're all they all want to be next to the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Their faces are put up against the window. Yeah. <laughs> so I want the window seat. Um, so so anyway. Um, so so yeah, like like Jarrell has this whole thing. I mean, I, I don't know that we need to belabor the point. Like Jarrell basically has an, uh, a disagreement 
with the rest of the council uh, about, you know, the, basically, uh, I forget, was it the planet that's going to explode? Yeah, in 30 days. The, yeah, and or the sun is going to swallow it. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It, it's They're all going to die. <laughs> yeah, they're all going to die. I, I think in the comic, the sun, uh, I forget the name of the sun. I think it's Ro or something like that. I think it goes supernova. But yeah, the point is that like bad shit is about to happen and he's warned them about it. And of course, they're not going to listen to him. Mm-hmm. I I did. Did any one of you uh, notice the the details? Because each one of them has like a little different crest. Yes, each one of them has a different family crest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is funny because it, 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 you're like, oh, so I guess the the little S swirl is not. Yeah, obviously it means super bad. Yeah, (laughs) it means something else. It means hope. It means hope is what it is. Actually, I think the movie. I think this movie is credited for the S being a a family crest that each Kazad also has his family crest. But it just turns. It just happens so that coincidentally, it looks like an like a uh, like an S from um, the English Mm -hmm. language, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Yeah, yeah. this movie, this movie actually um, inspired and influenced a lot of things in the comics. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll talk about a little bit, but uh, Mrs. Testmacher, um, she was Mm. a character created for the movie that eventually got adapted to the comics. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did not know that it got like reverse, uh, reverse engineered into the comics. (laughs) That's cool. I mean, Miss Testmacher is, uh, it's a, she's a strange character in part because she becomes like the, like the soul of the villainous trio. If you if could you even want. call the villain, yeah, that's we'll talk about it. That's one of the criticisms yeah, yeah. too. Where I was like, this is they're comedic foils, but it's fine, whatever. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, anyway, so so uh, once we get one of the things that I do want to point out is that the ship that is uh, design like the design of the ship here is amazing. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but it also brings to mind like. Uh, Artwork. Uh, I, I I don't want to say medieval because it's probably Renaissance artwork. Uh, hearkening, trying to imitate medieval styles or whatever. Uh, uh, and the ship basically looks like either a medieval comet or the mm. Star of Bethlehem. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah, it really does. That's true. Which yeah. which again, I mean, like you know, the anal- the Christ like analogies, mm-hmm. right? Like. You know, Jor-El sending his only son, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, Superman Returns does this even more, where there's literally a scene of you know him in a in a um, in a position where he looks crucified, floating above Earth. This movie is a little more subtle with that, but um, yes. yeah, that's actually good. That's actually pretty. I didn't notice that. I, I mean, well, I noticed I mean, it, but uh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. D- don't don't forget, Man of Steel also has uh, uh, Clark, uh, uh, Superman going to confession. And a, a reverse shot of him looking at the priest Jesus with Christ, I fucking a, hate remember that movie. the stained God, yes. the stained glass of like yes. Jesus on the yes. Calvary. Yes, I fucking hate that movie. God, carrying man. the cross, <laughs> just <laughs> like a stained glass God. window over his shoulder, and you're like, "Geez, Zach, uh, like, I get it. I, I get it. I okay, get yeah, it. Well, <laughs> I think I picked it up." <laughs> the other thing that it is very visually similar to is mid-century architecture and design. Mm. Has that very googie. Like big pointy stars, like that's very much like if you ever go past like an old drive, uh, like 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 an old drive-in. By which I mean a drive-in like cheeseburger place, not a drive-in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, about half of them have a big s- spiky Sputnik looking ball like 
pointy star thing on top of them. Uh, yeah, so yeah, very yeah, much. That's, visually that's the old. That's the old uh, Reagan Goth- yeah. uh, yes. Gothic. Uh, yes. <laughs> that Gugi, Gibson yes. likes to talk about. Technically, technically called Googie, which is, I admit, a much how- less cool name. Um, okay, how, how before, do you spell that? Is it G O G G G G O O G I E? Yes, Googie. I'll take I'll take Reagan. I don't know. I don't know why it's called that. It's apparently. It's apparently named after a West Holly West Hollywood coffee shop named Googies. <laughs> okay. Um, so um before we move on from Krypton, I just want to say the the fall of heaven imagery when all the people are kind of like falling down into hell yeah. while like other people are glowing blue and like f- kind of like sailing through the air as all this fire is reaching up to s- swallow these these tiny figures tumbling through space down into hell is very like it's very heaven like let's say it's very christian it it, it it really is and especially the music man like i mean it's apocalyptic you know yeah, well, but not no, a, yeah that's the thing. it's it's horrifying too it's, it's very scary intense. yeah it's it, <laughs> and it goes I, on for like fucking three minutes yeah, or something which yes. is a long fucking time and you see Jorel and like you know um um i forget her name i forget uh i forget clark's mom's name uh, uh mom Mom, mom, Martha, not the, the other mom. Martha. <laughs> you see Mrs. Martha. You see Mrs. L. Like they're running and trying to avoid all these these exploding crystals and shit. I mean, it's terrifying. If I saw that as a kid, I would have been scared as fuck, man. I'm not gonna lie. I mm-hmm. I don't think I ever saw the beginning of this movie before the Smallville parts until I was like a teenager because I have a very vivid memory of being like 17 or 18 and watching, I don't know, like TNT or something. And there was something on with these insane fucking visuals and everything was glowing, weird crystal shit. And I remember watching it be like, what the fuck is this movie? And then they say Jor-El and I'm like, oh my God, this is Superman. What the fuck? It's like, I had, I, I had no idea that that was how the film started until like the second or third time I, I had seen it. I guess I just missed the beginning. Another film like that, by the way, is uh, Planet of the Apes. Um, the beginning of Planet of the Apes feels like a totally non-ape involved sci-fi film. <laughs> <laughs> I love you said non-ape involved. Yeah, it's non-ape involved. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's a non-ape involved scene. <laughs> anyway, but, but, yes, but, amazing uh, sequence. But, but I want to say too, like this this scene, like it, um, you know, I, before we move on, it, it really does this whole Krypton scene. It really is like the first like 30 minutes of the movie almost, man. And, you know, when you watch it at first, you know, when I was like sort of like, you know, watching it and trying to compare it, you know, um, to the scenes in Metropolis, Smallville and Metropolis. I mean, the color palettes. I mean, it just truly transports you into a different world and kind of like underscores the alien aspect of Superman. Despite the fact that he looks like a human, he comes from he comes from heaven. You know? mm-hmm. Yep. And, and heaven has fallen. <laughs> And so we we get like uh, I I think probably about like five more minutes of him traversing space inside the little pod, and like little ins like uh, you see him like growing from a tiny baby to a, like a toddler to you know whatever. which is can I just say which is confusing to me because and this is the nerdy thing I guess he landed there in 1948. But, like, because of time dilation, I guess, like, space-time dilation, I guess, like, it's been thousands of years, but it takes him 
three years to get to Earth. Like it's just or ten years. I don't know. Yeah. It was just sort of like okay, it's I'm not going to think confusing. about. Yeah, yes. I'm not going to think about this too hard. I'm just going to be like, okay, yeah. he traveled very it's, far. It's 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 a movie, Aaron. It's, yeah, it's, exactly, exactly. It is also confusing <laughs> because like when they find him, they're like, it's a baby, and he's very visibly like five or six. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's not a baby. Yeah. He's like a little kid, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's. He's he's out of toddlerhood. Yeah, yeah I mean that's kind of horrifying when you think about it. Like like did did he subjectively live for several years just in his little pod? How did he just eat? learning? Yes. Like I guess I mean, like that, he had tubes. He, he was better. <laughs> again, I, I keep on going back to Venture Brothers as a reference now, and and I'm just thinking the the little pod was like one of those uh, the, the the learning beds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> except expect except that it was like uh, you know developed for space travel mm-hmm. um and somehow also like faster than light travel i'm gonna guess but yeah. anyway it, again that, i think that that's part of the, the the part that aaron was saying was confusing uh, yeah I, I just said you know my brain said eh, movie yeah movie. yeah yeah i just had to turn it and off just and i was go, just yeah. like okay <laughs> fine it looks cool though it definitely looks it, fucking it, cool. De- yeah yeah it looks really cool like um, him sort of like almost like bouncing around inside of it, and you hear like these little snippets of Jor-El, like, and in nineteen, yeah, in nineteen twelve, and there are twenty eight <laughs> galaxies. It's like oh, okay, <laughs> you're telling oh. this to a kid, like he's gonna understand this shit. But okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> he just needed to put maybe Mozart in the, in the pod. That's all he needed. <laughs> nah, it's like it's like when you like it's like when you uh when you like leave your dog at home and you put the TV on because it makes it feel comfortable or something like that. It's basically what it was you know <laughs> you just let him listen to the shit for like three years you know he, like he'll 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 think that his parents are still here fuck it <laughs> yeah i mean that's why he landed and saw mom podcast was like yeah that's yep, you guys there you go <laughs> yeah. i i do love that um that he he lands like it's it's so funny to me that you know like this is this is you know peak movie making right it's so artificial because it's so silly that they're they just happen to be driving along the road just as he's you know like burning up into re-entry and lands in a field right yeah yeah uh, doesn't hit the truck you know doesn't, doesn't, doesn't the screw them <laughs> like there, land flies right over them into a cornfield and and at an angle that is sufficiently gentle that he just sort of plows a furrow yeah. into the cornfield or whatever or the wheat field um it's great i mean i don't care it, I, i'm i'm sort of harping on this or, or, or criticizing it but but like this is not a criticism that i had while i was watching i was like cool man no yeah, it's, it's superman the movie. It, it's you know it's hokey and it's superman and i mean i've always loved superman's origin right like i'd love like you know not only jor-el sending his only son from this exploding planet you know um to our planet which he thinks like you know, can can cultivate like um you know a good life for a son and 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 good um uh, uh like a good personality and good sensibilities and whatnot, but also the fact that he's found by mm-hmm. Mom Pa Kent in this Americana sort of cornfield. Yes. Like I've always loved that origin story about Superman. Like just fell out of the sky. And this film, I mean, it does it justice, man. I mean, like they're driving a 1930s car. He sees he careens over them. And climbs out naked, wrapped in his like his blue and red, like you know, uh, which becomes his suit. I guess you know, it's just like looks like a panel from the comic, you know, mm. even though it's very yep. hokey. Yep, yep. He's also uh, again touching on the religious imagery. He's got a very cherubic appearance to him. Yes. Like he's not even really ri- when they first see him, he's just straight up naked. 
Like, yeah, he just standing right there going naked, like, yeah. hey, what's up? Give me a hug. You know, like <laughs> he lifts his arms up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Here, c- could you help me out of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can you pick I, me I up? I haven't learned yet? to fly yet. <laughs> um, I can walk, but I can't fly yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so one of the things I, I do want to point out before I forget that that one of the things that is interesting here, once he becomes Mon Pa Kent's adoptive son, right? And this is something that we were talking about earlier about like him violating the, the quote, you know, capital T, the capital R rule that Jarrell had him like, and it's, it's, it's also repeated like in when he's in transit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you must not interfere, you know, in human affairs and blah, blah. Yeah. You, you hear it in the, in the little, um, educational films that he's watching inside the pod. Yeah, the hooked on phonics um, for like a, a Krypton. So so but but it feels to me like the minute he lands on Earth and becomes sort of slowly cult acculturated to you know the Kent way of doing things and the the American way of doing things. It it feels like a very um like a biblical split between old and new Testament, right. Mm. Which then leads to exactly why he breaks that rule. Right. The, the cardinal rule, the prime directive, as you referenced, uh, Aaron, mm. uh, a, a, towards the end, I feel right. Because it, it, it is coming from a place of love, although perhaps a selfish one, right. More yeah. Well, self-centered. I think yeah. that there's something significant about, about the perspective that we get, um, when he reaches and is adopted by Mon Pa Kent, which is Jorel's whole thing is setting him apart from humans, mm-hmm. that he's mm-hmm. different, he can't get involved, he can't interfere. Um, but Mon Pa Kent just accept him and say, We're mm-hmm. just gonna raise this. We're, we're, we wanted a baby, we couldn't have a baby. Here's a baby, we're gonna raise this baby, and we're gonna raise it as our own, and he's he's our kid. You know, and so it immediately it immediately includes Superman, this alien, in the human experience, and and really sows the seeds. You know, when what's the first interaction that he has with Mom Pa Kent is Pa Kent trying to fix the truck, and it starts to fall, and Superman just catches it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah lifts and it's, it up. it's, it's not, it's not this, it, there's no real intent to it. He's just like, oh, this is falling. I'm going to catch it. Um, and it really establishes this assumption from the get go that, you know, he's one of us and he's going to act like us. And that means being at least, you know, considerate of, of other people. And that's something that mom and pa can't really push him towards as it goes on. But it's it's a real change. It's a real mm-hmm. change for the for the character of Superman, for the perspective of the movie, of saying, no, 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 you're not you're not an other. You are you are us. You are them. You are us. We are yeah. You. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but yeah, also yeah. but also too, you know, um, you know, uh, Pod Kent tells him, you know, I don't know why you were sent here, but I know you were sent here for a reason. Yeah. And I know it's not to throw around or catch footballs, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this again harkens back to what we were talking about earlier. Like this potential, you know, the fact that like, you know, had he grown up on Krypton, he probably would have followed the footsteps of Jor-El as a great scientist or well, I think Jor-El was a great scientist. I don't think he was a politician. Uh, uh, that's the Alan Moore, uh, the Alan Moore storyline. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, and they tell him like, you can do whatever you want, you know, and you also don't have to use your powers like to 
impress people, right? Or to sway people to like you, you know? Um, for, for for spectacle. Yes, for spectacle. Exactly, exactly. Pretty much in so many words is what podcast says to him. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like like it was a very American story, maybe, you know? Like, I don't even know if that's ever been true, if America's really ever been accepting of immigrants or we just said, yeah, we just need the labor, right? Um, but I guess there's that that sort of sincerity there, right? Like you will be accepted. Um I, I I really, I really, I really like that delineation between like the sterile, although beautiful, but sort of sterile um environment of Krypton mm-hmm. culturally, uh, legally, versus this sort of I mean, you could even see it in the expanse, right? The cornfields and the expanse of mm-hmm. Smallville itself. Like mm-hmm. this whole entire wide world, this life where he can truly be anything, and mm-hmm. you know, as we know, he becomes the Man of Steel, right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. I could have watched a whole movie of just him running around the cornfields growing up, yeah, because it's so compelling, and it's it's almost like a it's almost like like a counterpart to Krypton, like Krypton, as you said, is this this very perfect but sterile place. And Smallville is, you know, this perfect but completely human place. And mm-hmm. he does eventually have to leave it because he but he has to leave it not because he's forced out, but because he has to go on and become who he's going to be. And he has, you know, he, like his destiny is mm-hmm. is calling him. But in a lot of ways, this is just this is another sequence in heaven. It's just a different heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, but I I I just want to harp on for another second about how fucking gorgeous the the that the oh, whole sequence everything so everything when he's like not when he crash lands the early scenes with him on the farm when he's at the football practice it so perfectly captures that like Back to the Future high school feel yeah. um, and then that sequence when he races the train. Oh, Holy so good. shit, man! Yeah. That looks better than I, I was saying this um in a comment um because I I mean I love superheroes right and super speed uh, rather than flying even you know I maybe because I ran track and field I'm always like man that always looks so fucking cool and the comic books always make it look dynamic right and 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 just like and way better than the movies which is just like I don't know like the fucking Flash or like fucking a uh, Quicksilver and X Men or even Dash and the Incredibles. This was like just using a sped up version, I guess, of the actor running. And it kind of looks a little ridiculous, but I don't know. It also looks practical, you know? It looks like shit. This guy's running really fast yeah. instead of a blur, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? It looks really yeah, cool. Yeah. It looks really cool. Yeah, like like you can follow it. I think yeah. that that's, yeah, that, that is a difference because it, it I, I think that the, the, the issue here is that. A lot of times, the choices that are made uh, by by Donner and 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 Co. are are ones that ensure clarity over, like clarity, even if it's uh, even if it sort of like veers into artificiality. Yeah, it's shorthand. V- yeah, versus versus like, oh, we got to make it realistic. Yeah, well, I I think one of the big things is that they do that's smart is they spend a lot of time setting up the train. 
right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. first of all, they established it with that classic mid-century train look where it's kind of like arcing off into the distance. You've got that big mid-century diesel locomotive at the front with like the cool kind of like, it's it's not quite streamlined in the old-fashioned way, but it's got a little bit of that more modern mm-hmm. industrial streamlined look to it. It races past the camera, fucking going super fast. It feels huge and powerful. They spend time to build it up. They don't just Mm. say, oh, it's impressive. Oh, a train. You know what a train is. They show you. They convey the essence of a train before they convey Superman going faster than it. And so so what you're you're saying is that the, the train didn't just do a thing. It didn't just do a thing. Just do a yeah. thing. It didn't just yeah. do a thing. It's it's not it's not the the, the thing that's impressive <laughs> is not Clark Kent running faster than a train. It's Clark Kent running faster than this train. Yes. Than the most train that has ever trained. Like, with the, well, with, and, with the and, little with and, the little girl inside, by yeah. the way, who sees yeah, yeah. him and is pointing at him. And can I, I just bring up? I just love. Again, the magic, the, the the magic of it, right? Is that it's often children, right? Like, well, literally, it's like two, two or three kids, I think, mm-hmm. right? That see him and are just kind of like mind blown, right? As adults should be, like, you will believe a man can fly. You'll believe that a man mm-hmm. can run faster than a train, unless, like, guess you don't see it and your mom doesn't believe you. you know? <laughs> well, also, also, uh, can I can I point out? It, it, I, I'm I'm a I'm not a very smart person. No, neither uh, I, I just re- I, I mean I just realized that this is precisely an entire sequence that is just setting up the old timey faster than a speeding locomotive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can jump, jump to the uh, jump higher. What is it? Uh, jump, jump, jump higher a bil- than a jump a building uh, in a single sky- jump over a building in a single bound or some shit like that. Yes, yes, yes. Some shit like that. Yeah, like yeah. The, that's from the old, uh, the old. Uh, is it the Matt Fleischer um, cartoons? Yeah, the animated. Yeah, the animated cartoons. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, like it, it's it's funny because it's it's also not like a it's not trying to like if you get it you get it, and I just got it now like several hours after I watched the movie. Uh. No, but but you know what? This is again. This is again where like whether it's um it's sort of the imagery and the the rocket the crystal rocket which I don't know what it, it didn't look like in the comics it looked like an old school retro futuristic rocket right but mm-hmm. these like sort of staples of superman right like literally this movie like could have you could have taken snapshots of it like on krypton when he crash lands him and against the train and you could show them to someone without even showing them the s of superman and they would know like Okay, mm-hmm. based on images, I know this story, right? Like the na- like the, the visual narrative really just seems like it's pulled out from the comics, including him running faster than it was a speeding bullet, I guess, or speeding train, you know? I yeah. I think that the character stuff that we see in this early sequence is very interesting too. Even a top even apart from like establishing the iconic Superman stuff and really like it's you know, I I've First of all, just to to comment on like the the Superman iconography, I, I I think it's easy to forget. You were saying before, Aaron, this is like arguably like the first Superman, the first superhero film in a lot of ways. Like this mm-hmm. is this is it. This is the the baseline, and it starts off with with you know nostalgia. Like it's yeah. hearkening back to something that had had been and then was if not vanished, it had kind of like diminished. So mm-hmm. I. I think that that's that that's an important context for this film. But also, in terms of the character of Superman, Superman or Clark in this sequence is 
much seems much more complex than he mm. does at almost any other part of the film because mm. he's developing, he's asking questions. Like you guys talked about before, there's this kind of tension between like, well, you know, is, is there value in you showing off? Is it about what you can do for yourself with these powers? You know, Clark's kind of like, a, you know, he's, he's trying to figure out, you know, who he is. He's trying to find himself. He wants to show off. He wants to be popular. He has Imagine being an adolescent, you know, with all these exactly. changing emotions, but then you have superpowers. Exactly. Right? He has to deal with all of that, you know? And they convey it in such a short slice of time. Like, this yes. whole sequence is probably, what, less than 15 minutes? Yes. It's, it's, it's very, very short. It feels longer when you're watching it, but you're right, Kurt. It's not long at all. And yeah, and yeah. It, it it does it does so much work that's important later. And I I think again I think this is this is a part of the film that's super important, super important, but <laughs> but often gets overlooked because people just flatten it like, oh well, it's you know it's a Smallville. He's in Smallville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, God, that can can I just say that that the scene where he like right after he runs. Uh, and, and you know, beats the train across the tracks and all that stuff, which is you know great, great imagery we were just talking about. Um, you know, all to sort of like uh, get ahead of the car where uh, wh what's her name, La Lana, Lana, Lana Lang, Lana Lang, Lana his, uh, his first true yeah, love before Lois. his first true, love. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, just to show off and and get to to a place before they did they did in their car. And that's where he has that little conversation with Pa Kent, which is like one of maybe three scenes we mm. get with him, uh, where he's talking about like, yeah, you know, like, like, like you said, Aaron, like you're you're here for a purpose, and that purpose isn't you know throwing a pigskin around or whatever, whatever mm. exactly he says. And af right after that, like, it's a scene that chokes me up because he's like, oh, I'm gonna go, uh, mm -hmm. we'll, I'll race you to the to the to the house or whatever, mm. and you see him like, you know, Pockhead sort of like racing, and he's sort of sweaty, and he sort of like grabs his hand, his left hand, you know, uh, importantly, and he just sort of like almost under his breath goes, oh no, and yeah. just collapses, and the 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 camera like takes this huge like it steps back. And it's this huge wide angle that it just sort of makes his death feel so important and yet small. Yeah. At the same time. Yes. Because go ahead, go ahead, Kurt. Oh, I was just. I I was I was just just, just, just going to talk about like the comment that Superman has later that Clark has later at the funeral, where he's like, you know, all those things I can do, all those powers, and I couldn't even save him. Man, when when I watched it again, man, they're they're like, I, I actually I actually have seen this movie um a couple times because when I was watching it, like there were um uh, there were like lines like that that just like I almost said them verbatim. I was watching mm -hmm. it, and I mean that like really really stuck with me because like Superman's character. I mean, uh, really good writers have like kind of tackled this, but like one of his vulnerabilities is that like you know like he he can't. Not only does he care so much about people that his enemies will use that against him right and this is true with all superheroes but with all the power that he has right he can't bring anyone back to life you know mm -hmm. and like for me personally like i lost my dad a couple years ago man so like watching this scene you know i was alive when he'd watched it but watching this scene for me i mean it hit even harder you know because it made me think about you know now it's just like 
um, it's just Clark and his mom, you know, the way it's me and my mom and sort of like the way it, that camera pulls back in that shot, you know, and the way that I feel sometimes, right? I think anyone who's lost somebody, lost a parent, that scene, you know, where he's pulling back and you feel so, it feels so small, right? But so, so, such, such a massive monumental, like, you know, uh, um, moment. And then to realize that like, well, shit, I'm not even Superman and I couldn't have done anything about it. I mean, mm -hmm. this is where like you take a character that is like, you know, omnipotent, right? Like nigh invulnerable. And this is how you humanize this character, right? I mean, through tragedy and loss. I mean, I know it sounds mm -hmm. like kind of like, you know, it sounds like um obvious, but like the way that this film and with within 15 minutes and Pod Ken is only in a couple scenes and sort of how you see that this is the lodestone and foundation, right? Even more so, I'd argue, than his father, Jor-El, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. his father, is, uh, Pa Kent tells him, like, you know, you were sent here for a reason, and you can be anyone, you know? And he goes on with this, and he becomes Superman. You know, I don't know if if that's what Jor-El intended for him. Jor-El did say that, use your powers to help them. But he becomes, well, Jor-El does say this, too. He becomes become a leader and a symbol, right? Don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't necessarily tell them what to do. Don't lead them, but become a symbol that inspires them to leadership. You know, um, I, I don't know. I just think that, 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 that also with Pod Kent's death sort of is like one of those foundational cornerstones of like, I mean, who Superman uh, becomes in the film and what he does throughout the film, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And so it, like, like the ending of this entire uh, sort of act is him needing to leave right yeah, yeah. Uh, and i think you'd, you'd mentioned this previously kurt uh and and he just sort of like wanders north right yeah uh he said yeah he says he he just says i have to leave yeah this know? is after this is after he finds uh um after the uh another famous superman scene um um, um narrative that i love uh that has had many adaptations but uh he he awakens to the ship that he was sent mm -hmm. in um, um, making noise or vibrating or calling him, and mm -hmm. he finds one of the crystals, which again, crystal technology, and that's when he um tells Ma Kent, which that shit kind of hurt too. Where I was like, yep. dog, like you gonna leave your mama to mm -hmm. go all the way up? But then he's like, well, I talked to Mr. Hubbard, and he said that'll come by. I was like, okay, cool, you know, okay, cool. I was like, is she gonna be <laughs> exactly, dead exactly. by the time that you come back? She's already an old lady already. Don't think about it, Aaron. But yeah, well, so you know. so one of the things that I, for whatever reason, uh, Aaron. When when I was rewatching this, I, I, maybe it's a false memory or I just an expectation that I had. I almost expected the scene where he wakes up early in the morning and looks out the window to look at the farmhouse. I almost expected like uh like a green light or mm -hmm. you know, like something. And no, it's just him looking at it. It's just totally normal farmhouse. That's enough. Yeah. And and it seemed so sort of like. Wow, this is, seems old fashioned. And I caught myself I was like, "Fuck, god damn it!" <laughs> the last twenty years of movies have taught me bad things, haven't they? <laughs> and, and you know what? Like, why? And there's this kind of warbling sort of sound or something. Or I mean, it's not warbling. It's like sort of the this eerie, ethereal, I guess, music. Like, I mean, the sound that you think a crystal would make, and that's what kind of wakes him up. <laughs> that's what wakes him up and draws him. And I mean, again, like. Every Superman movie that's I mean Superman Returns like they had a they had a flashback scene where it was similar I think Man of Steel but I mean like again this movie is like it is a comic book movie in the sense that it doesn't take itself too seriously while also hitting these heavy notes and the fact that he just kind of wakes up 
and looks out at the barn, you already know what's going to happen. You know, you already know he's going to find the ship, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's iconic, I guess is what I'm saying. These are iconic (laughs) scenes, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because I don't know all of the beats of those of those things, but you're you're absolutely right. Like it it does. I think it does a really great job of like setting up uh, that that tension, that expectation. Mm-hmm. That the you're not entirely sh- maybe I'm not entirely sure of what he's going to go look in there, but it's going to be something that's going to lead him away, and that's the next part of the movie, right? Yeah. And you know that part of it is that he 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 ends up going north, and like you said, he he leaves you know Ma Kent behind, and you're like, damn, bro, that's cold. Yeah, uh, man, your mom, your papa just like had she, a heart attack. She, she might not she, be around when you get out the fortress, bro. She, well, exactly. <laughs> and so he goes back, and it's like a second education, like of because it, it, yeah, it's a great scene where he throws it, and that crystal just goes and goes and goes, and finally, it's sort of like hits a a part of the a part of the the set that is supposed to be like near the north pole or whatever uh and you see the the crystal sort of like sink you know yeah. like and and slowly the the it, it sort of grows right into the fortress of solitude and that becomes like well i i guess that's like uh krypton you right he, yeah, he's gonna get a GED education. And cryptonology is basically <laughs> what he's getting yeah. gd and cryptonology from his that, father that, that place is full of crystals that are full of information so yeah yeah exactly yeah. also i have to say that um again you know uh uh when when comic book movies try to reference um, um, devices or locations. Like, for example, I'm thinking of The Dark Knight Rises, um, The Lazarus Pit. Never use the word Lazarus Pit, right? And I get it, you know, uh, I get it. Nolan's trying to be, oh, this is realistic. But I like in this film that Superman doesn't call it the fortress, but it's Jor-El. Marlon Brando, again, mm-hmm. amazing as Jor-El, but now this ethereal ghost-like wraith-like Jor-El, the head of him, floating head, um, says he's like, you know, in this fortress of solitude like as if he's coming up with the phrase i mean again like as a comic book nerd these are points where i was just like dude this is perfect you know mm-hmm, this is perfect mm-hmm. you did this in such a way where it's not corny it's not cheesy but truly this is his fortress of solitude i, I just really enjoyed that part i really did yeah yeah well and, and i i also love that this is the the first instance where we get to see him in his actual superman suit yes and not like an flies- hour into the fucking movie you know yep. what I mean? <laughs> you get to see it well, like you get to see it like yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> and and he flies directly towards the camera. It's great. Yeah. Like like honestly, it's one of those things where you're like chef's kiss. What 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 else? What and else the music swells, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep, it's just yep. it's just uh, and again, like this is this is the original. They should have never tried to do it where like we're going to take away the undies. No, man. He's supposed to look like a it's like a wrestler's costume, man. It's mm-hmm. supposed to look ostentatious and you even see like the yellow belt is not gold it's not a burnished kind of bronze it's fucking bright primary yellow <laughs> and it's it it almost has a little sheen to it like it's fucking plastic i mean it just looks so fucking good yeah it looks so bad but so good man like i, I don't know it just I mean, I, it's i'm amazing. sorry like like chris reeves looks fantastic in this suit man He's not and, even and brolic. Even, He's not even brolic in the suit. He's not even like hokey. He just looks good in it. Yep. 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 So, so let me b- before we we move into me- the Metropolis era, uh, like the Metropolis uh, Act or what have you. Let me just call out like Christopher Reeves 
physical acting is so fucking good. Oh man, so like good. I, it's so good. I I paused and rewound a couple. Of, you know where I paused and rewound? I know where exactly he, where you paused and rewound. I tell me. I know. I think I know where it is. When when he comes in after the flight scene with yes. Lois Lane and he takes off the and glasses, he takes, takes off the glasses. Yes, yes. and Fuck. his back, it's his so back good. straightens up, dude. This is. I'm sorry to cut you off, Carl. I, this this excites me so much because it's like, dude, like they are two different people, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's it's like you always win the comics. It's like, well, dude, he just where takes off his glasses. Like, how is he? How is he fooling anyone? Right? It's almost in a way where Kevin Conroy, when he was voicing Batman. Like he had a different inflection, right? And like they were, he sounded like two different people, even though, like, you know, you're looking at the same character animated. I mean, it's a similar mm-hmm. kind of vibe here where maybe that's what inspired Kevin Conroy actually for his portrayal of Bruce Wayne and Batman. But he like, he, he, he's like slumping and he takes off his glasses and it almost looks like he's gross because it's, he's in mm-hmm. front of a mirror where you mm-hmm. can look at his back and you can mm-hmm. see Lois coming in. And yep. I mean, dog, I thought he was on hydraulics for a minute, bro. Like, it looked like the way he just kind of like elevates, man. It's well, just so well, he, good. What, what he does is he just sort of tilts his hips forward and droops his shoulders. Yeah. As Clark. Yeah. And all he does is just straighten the hips and broaden the shoulders as, you know, like Superman as Clark. And it's so good. It's such a subtle bit of acting. It's it just convincing. works. It's very convincing. I mean, it, I had to rewind it a couple of times because I was like, this is like, I've never seen like, I guess an actor. I mean, there are a few. I'm Marlon Brando is actually like kind of one of those mm-hmm. actors where like um, the movements and gesticulations in his body language. But um, yeah, man, this was, this was, this is where, okay, I could see how Lois would be fooled. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I could see. Well, and, and he also loves to put the, put his glasses like on the tip of his nose yes. so he can then have the excuse to push them up very nerd like right yes. it's so great which is which is also like a gesture that he does like at least three times when they get mugged <laughs> yeah yeah he's constantly <laughs> just pushing it up his nose <laughs> that's an amazing scene by the way it's such i a love scene. it i love it so much it is so silly because it's it's just like a, it's like almost cartoonish. It's like a gun points out of the out of like a wall. <laughs> you <laughs> like don't even see alley. the guy holding it yet. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, hey, "Come with me, come on." And, and like he's like, uh, at the end, he he almost he almost uh, like tells on himself. He's like, hey, Lois, why would you uh, put up such a fight? Why would you carry ten dollars? What did you say? Why would you carry ten dollars? Some lipstick, a stick of gum, and something else. He was like, "How'd you know what was in my purse?" <laughs> yeah, you, you knew the exact contents of my purse. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. And and the little face that he makes when he catches the bullet. Oh, fuck. It's so good. <laughs> the little smirk that he gives when he looks uh-huh. down and it's in his hand. I mean, this is where, like, like Chris Reeves will always be Superman for me. I mean, um, I don't think that there's any other actor. Fuck Dean Cain. Um, Fuck Tom Welling. Uh, Tom Welling from Smallville was actually wasn't too for a young Clark Kent. Nah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I don't even think about Brandon Routh and Henry Cavill looks the part, I guess. But uh, I, you know, whatever. But this is Superman, right? Like mm-hmm. he's a nice guy. He's a friend. He doesn't scowl. He smirks. He yeah. smiles. Like I, I it's just I, I, like <laughs> this is this is a movie where a comic book movie where all of the characters embody. Including um God, what's her name who plays Lois? Why am I forgetting her name? Uh, Margot, Margot Kidder. Kidder. Margot Kidder. 
She is Lois Lane. Yeah. We didn't even mm-hmm. talk about her. She is feisty. She doesn't know how to spell. Like, I love that they included that because that's the thing in the comic. I don't, I see, I don't even know if that it, came from the comics or if the comics adapted it from the film, you know? Oh, interesting. I did not know that. I, I just found it really funny because she's like, uh, how many, yeah. Uh, what, what is that? She has like a couple of things. Jimmy Olsen knows how to spell better than she does. And it's like, yeah, she's like, how do you spell massacre? You know, like, how do you spell bloodletting? It's like, what are you writing? Jesus Christ. Like, well, there's an, there's an interesting vulnerability to all the characters in this film, Superman and Included. Like we already talked about his kind of like emotional openness. They're going, th- you know, they we we really see him feeling stuff in a very vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. Likewise, like Lois Lane is a very human, flawed character. She's not she's not perfect. She's not you know she she's not like an icon. You know she's she's a you know she's a working woman she's good at some stuff she's not good at other stuff she's kind of got her own things going on you know uh likewise you know like perry white and jimmy olsen both come you know they're they're all these like very human figures and i think it's a real again it's it's that sincerity at the heart of the film and the way that it depicts stuff is a real departure from i think what passes for realism in films Mm. now but like i think honestly if you look at the lives that we see of the non-superman people in this film they're a lot closer to what people's lives are actually like in a lot of ways than Mm -hmm. in a non-superhero character in a modern superhero film who are often just like a cardboard cutout to be rescued you know at some point or possibly to deliver you know very serious sounding lines about responsibility and stuff yeah, these are people. These yeah. actually feel like people. They don't feel like Marvel caricatures of perfect people, or they don't feel like, you know, like even even the scene where there's a scene where he first meets Perry and um, Perry White, um, editor-in-chief of the Daily Planet, and like there's like a lot of back and forth with Lois trying to deliver this story and Perry White trying to give Clark orders and then Jimmy and then like Jimmy, there's just a lot going on. I think there's a scene where... Um, um, Perry White has a bottle that he can't open, you know, and he, gives it, he gives it, he gives it to Clark and Clark can't open it. Right. Which, oh, I didn't remember that. I thought he was going to like, in my mind, I thought he was going to break off the fucking top and passes it to Lois. And this is all while Perry White is talking, passes it to Lois, Lois knocks it against the table, passes it to him. He opens it. It splashes everywhere. Fucking Perry White tells Jimmy to go get him like coffee. I mean, there's just so much going on and they keep going in and out of the swinging doors of Perry White's office. There's just so much going on in like this three minutes of the scene. And it's so enjoyable and entertaining to watch, man. It truly like it feels like the newsroom is truly alive. You know, it really mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Well, and, and and more importantly, it doesn't also feel like it's taking pauses so that you can sort of laugh at it or wink at you to <laughs> yeah. huh, huh, see, see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just thought it was hilarious that like uh, Clark like does his best two handed like twist. He's just, just like trying so hard. He looks like he's trying so hard uh, and it doesn't do anything. I, I, I love that. It's so great. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because he has to continuously, not just with his voice with his mannerisms, right? But he has to continuously act like, well, you know, like I'm a mild mannered, like not very strong, you know, kind of guy. You know what I mean? I can't open this, you know. Even even though he's like six three or whatever. Yeah, even six, though he's four, like six, he's so straight. Still six three when he's like stupid, but still though, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's so it's so funny because he he is exactly just like a big galoot that can't do anything, right? He's yes. also like super nervous and he's just sort of very tentative in the way he talks and you know, uh, uh you, you know, Mr. Mr. White, uh, uh, uh you know what you should do is uh yeah. it, it's yeah, so great. Yes, it, yes, that was a good. That was all good his mannerisms are great. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, I mean like, you know, it's it's Again, this is where like, uh, and these characters are not in the movie, and and that's the surprising thing, right? Because um, I don't mean to make comparisons, but uh, I was thinking about um, Superman Returns and Man of Steel, and you know those character, those uh, those characters of supporting characters of the Daily Planet, um, they feature more heavily, uh, I think, more so on Man of Steel than um, than in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. But I, they're forgettable to me, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because I mean Lawrence Fishburne playing Perry White, I thought was fucking awesome, right? But it's so mm-hmm. forgettable to me. And this this movie, I mean, the, the, there's just like what what is it like fucking seven or ten minutes in total in the newsroom? And mm-hmm. I mean, like, and they don't sh- these characters don't show up. I mean, except Lois, obviously, right, and Jimmy. But um, some of these characters in the newsroom do not show up again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just sort of creates like this. It sort of creates like this other world truly for Clark, right? To exist in when he's not mm. Superman, you know? And I enjoy that, you know? Well, well and, and his his continued uh, misadventures, right? The, yes. the whole sequence, speaking of characters that don't show up, uh, there's that whole sequence where he's uh, trying to catch the ele- elevator and he's like, uh, going up, uh, <laughs> you know, going down, going up, buddy. <laughs> and yeah. It's so great. And he, he, he's so embarrassed and sort of like uh, chagrined by the fact that he can't catch the elevator in time. He's he says hi to these two guys and just walk by and just don't even <laughs> don't even pay attention. It's great. Remember, remember, there's well, I know I don't want to uh, keep harping on like um on his mannerisms and all these funny bits in the newsroom, but uh, there is that part where they're leaving him and Lois are leaving the Daily Planet and they're going through the revolving doors and oh, Lois yeah. tries to introduce him to somebody who's going in and like the guy's like hey whatever and then goes in and Clark almost like gets his head stuck. First he gets stuck when they're coming out, but then he tries to for some reason shake the guy's hand when he's in the revolving door and his arm gets it's just like all of these little moments oh god i love christopher reeves man it's just all these little moments where it's like like i enjoyed superman him playing superman as i mean him playing clark kent almost more than i enjoyed him playing yeah. superman, yes, he's, he's like always like a second behind in reaction time yeah yeah it's so, so great it's i love it it's so, so good when i was watching this it made me really start to feel like that's just what he's like you know yeah. when he's not using his powers like I, I i i i think it's very tempting to view clark kent as being a totally fictitious persona right yeah. and i'm sure it certainly seems like he's playing it up but also like the fact that we get a glimpse of the real clark right like the person the adolescent underneath both costumes both you know clark kent the man and superman the man um, makes me feel like, you know, the Clark Kent persona isn't totally a put on and maybe Superman is just a little bit clumsy when he's not using, you know, when he's not being Superman. Maybe that's just what he's like. You mean like, you mean like he's bubbling around in like his apartment in the yeah. Metropolis? Like he yeah, drops like, maybe, like a fucking, yeah. he drops like the coffee carafe or some shit like that? Yeah, like I mean stuff, like maybe, maybe he's around. a little yeah. bit goofy. Like, I mean, <laughs> when, when we see him like as a teen, he's like kind of a loser, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just I'm, now I'm just imagining him like just like trying to 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 take something 
out of the the microwave. It's a little too hot, and he drops it and just splashes everywhere. He's like, "Oh, oh, 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 fiddlesticks!" You know, yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. like doesn't even think that he's fast enough to catch it before it falls. <laughs> he just kind of looks at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it and, makes him more just, human, man. It makes him yeah, more yeah. human, you know. And, and using like these weird little uh, old fashioned uh, uh, swears, you know, like fiddlesticks or swell, or swell, golly. Was just so, literally golly, say golly gee. in the movie. Yeah, he could have though. He he he, he definitely could have said golly. Um, something else that I think you really start to pick up on that with this film that it benefits from is not knowing what a superhero film is, or rather, like there was no there, there was no well established concept of a superhero film. That's like true. at this point, they just roll off the assembly line. Everybody knows what the parts are that go into a superhero film, and I and I I I think that. You know, the the fact that they are in more or less uncharted territory, right? Like nobody, the, nobody was going into this with preconceived notions about what a Superman movie was, apart from you just you know the 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 notions that anybody would have about a film that they haven't seen. There are no familiar mm-hmm. superhero film beats, right? Like That's we true. don't know how a supervillain should be introduced. We don't know what. The day, you know, does it matter what the day to day of Superman's life looks like? What, you know, how does it end? Is it a big laser battle like everything is now? No, it's, you know, it's a damn disaster. You know, it's, it's, it's different. Like it's, it's true. It's, it's never, it never feels like a conventional superhero film because there was no such thing as a conventional superhero film when they made it. It wasn't mapped out the way it is now, right? Yeah. It it wasn't, it wasn't like, and I mean, you know, this is a, this is the end of the movie. And I mean, we could talk about uh, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, but um, it doesn't, it doesn't, just to to, to your point, Kurt, um, you know, every single, you know, I don't want to get off topic, but this is kind of like the problem I had with like New Trek and Star Trek Discovery is that every single season was like this big climactic battle. Yeah. Right? And these superhero movies, I mean, the Avengers got to fucking fight Thanos or they got to fight Ultron or they got to fight themselves or but it's like, no, it's just really and I'm not gonna lie, man, I didn't really like Gene Hackman as okay. When I I had to just get it out of my mind of the Luther that I know from the comics and the Luther, especially from the the animated JLU <laughs> and Justice League, which is like yo, which is like not just businessman Luther, but like incredibly intelligent. Which Gene Hackman, sure, he's all those things, but he's also a comedic foil, right? Yeah. But um, God, I forgot the point that I was bringing up. Um, well, and and he's not voiced by Clancy Brown. Yeah. Yes, yes, he's not voiced by Clancy <laughs> Brown. Which also, too, at first in the in the JLU animated series, I was like, "Yo, is he a brother? Is he black? Like, did they make my <laughs> man? Like, why does he look like a little bit dark? He looks a little swarthy the way he sounds." But um, but, but like, but he, he yeah. was just uh, Aaron. Uh, don't be insensitive towards Greek people. This, this uh, is true. This is true. He's Greek. He's Greek. He's, he's, he's Greek coded. This is true. Oh, I remember. I remember what I was going to say. This is literally just Lex Luthor, like fucking wanting to buy real estate. I mean, he's bought real estate and he wants to own (laughs) his own. It is literally the stupidest. Okay. I'm sorry. This is where, this is where I'll get like, okay, this is really fucking dumb. You had like all these characters, man. You even had Lex Luthor himself, you know? I mean, I'm not expecting them to put him in a power suit in a 1978 film. That probably would have, probably. this was already the most expensive film. I meant to mention that actually, this was the most expensive film at the time. Um, when it came oh, out, really? it's released. Yeah, that. it really was. Yeah, I saw it on Wikipedia. I think it was like, God, it was a, well, a couple of 10 million. But I mean, like, you know, like the fact that it didn't need those world ending stakes, right? Like, I appreciated mm-hmm. that. Because even though I'm criticizing it now, I'm kind of like shaking my head. Like, 
I mean, I don't know, man. I was like, oh shit, man. Lex Luthor's gonna like fuck up the San Andreas fault line, you know, and uh, Miss Tecker <laughs> Tessermach's mom is gonna die in Hackensack, New Jersey. Like, this fucking sucks, you know? Like, as you were saying, Kurt, this film didn't have those tropes, right? Didn't have that formulaic, that formula to kind of hit on. So, yeah, I mean, people weren't complaining about Lex Luthor uh, having a, his grand scheme being diabolical plot mm-hmm. being one that involves real estate, right? It is also, it, this is probably an area where they're drawing more from like the old, old Superman comics, like the True. real goofy, wacky ones where it's just kind of like Superman having weird adventures. Like, yeah. well, in- <laughs> let's, let's not forget that if I'm remembering correctly, the origin story for Lex Luthor's super villainy way back when was that Superman, uh, I forget if he flew too fast and broke the sound barrier or some shit like that. And he was doing an experiment and it jostled all the yes. uh, bottles and it, they, they created, they, they fell and created a toxic cloud that made all his hair fall out. Yes. And therefore, yes, he was now Superman's mortal enemy. Yeah, yes. he he didn't get to turn into the Flash like when the Flash got coated with a bunch of chemicals or no, he just been, didn't have the right the right mix of chemicals. Yeah, Sorry. he just went bald instead, <laughs> and that is why Superman is his mortal. You know what? Too um, this is off topic, but um, I mean, like I don't want to bring it up, I guess, but uh, uh well, I'm already bringing it up. But uh, one thing I appreciated about Smallville, um, was that which was retconned in the comics was that Superman, um, Clark and Lex were friends when they were younger. You know, in Smallville, you know. Um, and I always thought that aspect of, uh, which has been reintroduced, I guess, in the comics has been interesting, but no, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor is, a a guy who hates Superman. Not, we don't really know why in the comics. It's usually because he sees Superman as a threat, as a God, you know, that should be smited. Um, Gene Hackman just really likes real estate and this, you know, this guy in blue and red tights is going to fuck up his plan, you know? So, well, I mean, I think that that's, that's the thing that is sort of charming about this is the fact that it's not that he, like in this movie, it's not necessarily that he's at the moment that this movie happens. He's not the super villain. Like he's not the nemesis of Superman. That's true. That's true. Superman is merely a a wrench that's been thrown into the elaborate plans that he's concocted from let's 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 say from his fantastic looking <laughs> <laughs> underground <laughs> lair which is basically like just grand central terminal basically is yeah, what he, it is he's he's squatting in the in the remains of some yeah like the grand central terminal that has been just sort of left to disuse and built up built over you know uh because it's sunk below or whatever you know they they just this they discontinued that line or whatever who who cares it, it doesn't matter and he's swimming in like what like fucking like sewer water i guess but he has a pool in there and shit like it was kind of weird i mean like as you know what watching this watching this and 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 what you made a good point kurt about like this being sort of like uh there was no template to draw from you know and um i guess again i'm bringing up one of my criticisms is gene hackman's lex luther um but i mean even as as annoying as I might, not annoying, as unserious as I might have found it, because I'm used to Lex being like this uh, maniacal mastermind who has this obsessive um, hatred for Superman and thinks of himself as a godlike figure, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do have to say, like, the bit of levity in comedic, uh, and especially um, Otis, right? 
Um, mm. um, Lex's henchman. <laughs> Ned, Ned you know, Beatty. Ned Beatty, right? I mean, like, dude, it was funny. And it was like, and you know what? Given the end um, where uh, uh, Lois dies and Superman has to fly around the world and save her, I think that that, uh, that, that sort of serious ending and that mortal ending sort of, which is not mortal, but that potentially mortal ending was offset by the comedic fool, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was also, it was more surprising than when Lex Luthor um, um, uh, presents Superman with a piece of Krypton, right? A piece of kryptonite, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's sort of, it's sort of like, okay, this guy is like, he's a little bit kooky, kooky and wacky, but he also is a murderer, right? I, I do, I do love the fact that uh, the the line that he he tells Otis is like, "Do you know why the number two hundred is so important?" But for for you and I, it's your weight at my and my IQ. IQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just all right. All right. Beautiful. They're beggars. Okay. They're definitely beggars. This is also the the point where uh, um, for some reason I forget what he says, but Otis has like a a, um, a ladder on wheels. That uh, that Lex is at the top of of his books case or something like that, and I forgot what he says, but Otis mistakens it for for oh L, Mister Luther, like you want me to move it to L, and he's like, um, I forget exactly what he says, but he's like, no, N as in nincompoop, as in nitwit. I nitwit. mean, it's really okay, okay. Now, now actually, it really is funny. Okay, it is funny. It is funny. You know, you know, I think watching it retrospectively, and and I painfully watched some of this, like a lot of the superhero shit, because I'm diseased and I I'll, I'll keep drinking that garbage, man, but. I, I expect you, you know, my mind is disease where I'm expecting this, like, even though I talk about rain, I like uh, hate this shit all the time, this grittiness to it. And this film is not gritty. Like, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor is not a gritty villain with a tragic past. He's just like a, I mean, he's just like a he's just sick, like a scammer. A scammer yeah, he's a scammer. He's a greasy, sleazy a car salesman is what he is, basically. Man. Yes, yes. I mean, but but like, I, I think that that's the thing that 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 sort of endeared me again because I was like I'd forgotten that his whole thing is real estate. Literally, he just wants to flip this house. <laughs> Along the California coastline, essentially, so you can build like Lutherville and Luthersburg, and then like, but but not a, fucking Otisburg. Get that shit Otisburg, out of here. Not Otisburg. <laughs> God. Okay. Okay. You know what? Talk, talking to you guys about this because when I was watching it, I was like, like I felt a little temple twitching in my head. You know, like my my scalp, I'm like forehead. I was a little bit like annoyed. You know, I, I had to Google it and be like. What did people think of Gene Hackman as Luther at the time? Because this is fucking insane. But I'm forgetting, like, okay, I would I know Luther as, you know? But also, too, mm. I do think Luther in the comics has always changed, right? Like, at one point, he really kind of was a comedic foil, you know? So, uh, I, I I don't know. Like, I'm um, talking to you guys about it and thinking about it. Um, I, I, I got to give it to Gene Hackman, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not this, is, this is sort of almost, almost, almost a little bit more serious a version of like a silver age Lex Luthor, you know, yeah. Th- this is like the, the, the stint of Superman adventures where he, uh, Lois Lane wants a ring, a diamond ring. So he goes out and flies it into space and like crushes yes. an asteroid with his fists. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. And, and, and it ends with him. Be- Here you go. Lois is like, Oh, Clark, you're too late, you know, or something stupid like that. <laughs> it's, it's very silly, you know, anyway, I'm sorry, Kurt, I think you were, you were going say something oh um I, I i mostly have forgotten what i was what i was going to say but you <laughs> you captured a big part of it that yeah it's it's i i mean oh oh i know what it was um this film hasn't yet discovered the uh the the trick to supervillains that pretty much all supervillain roles now use which is which is basically that um that 
that thirty uh, minutes of laser battles. Well, no, I, I, I was gonna say it's it's that it's it's like a Twitter joke where where it's like um, uh, the Joker is the most terrifying character because he's a man who thinks that crime is funny, um, and 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 this is this is very much that same idea, but it hasn't gotten to the idea that that's a scary thing. So it's like like. Luthor is literally just someone who he 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 basically is someone who's very smart and to amuse himself he uh, amuse himself he causes problems like yeah. <laughs> he even says like um I, I think Superman says it like uh uh you know causing an earthquake is that how you get your kicks and he goes no causing the death of millions of people that's how I get my kicks but it's not <laughs> said in like a threatening or an off-putting way like it's not it it, it 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 totally lacks the very 1980s pivot of like well actually it's very terrifying it's actually really horrifying to want the death of millions of people like that's a very deranged sick yeah. thing to want but here it's just like, well, it's just funny. He's just a goofy guy, even though he is actually like it, it almost feels like Luther's plan gets away from him or like he doesn't care enough to to not kill a bunch of people. Like it's this yeah. very wacky, convoluted plan that but, almost but he, causes he, this mass catastrophe. I, he says that I he feel on purpose. But. I mean, I feel like he's also like the smiling face of business. Kind yeah. of. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He, like, he's, like, just, he's, he's not, he's suave, not a great business though. man. He's not smooth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He's not a businessman, but like he is supposed to stand in for like, eh, you know, real estate. What are you going to do? You yeah, gotta, you he's like a used car salesman. Off. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, there's there's a scene even like even the 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 one. Um, I mean, I guess he commits like a uh, or tries to commit um, um millions of murders, but the one that um where I think this this these two police officers um this is where we get introduced to Lex. They're following Otis into the train station, into the, into the tunnels, um, because they think that Otis is going to lead them to Luthor. And, um, Otis crosses these tracks and this train passes and he's disappeared behind like a wall, right? Like a mm -hmm. recessed wall that, um, that, um, he can, that I guess leads oh to Luthor's Oh my God, lair. this whole and, sequence is. And, and the cop, it's, it's, Jeez. but it, it, it's like, it's like, I don't even think I would have been scared as a kid. I think I would have kind of giggled a bit because it is kind of funny. It's almost like slapstick humor. The, the cop goes to the recessed wall and Luther from his lair pushes the, uh, uh, operates the wall to push it out towards the tracks while the train is coming, right? And mm -hmm. the guy gets, you know, he falls. And you don't see him get hit by the train, but his partner um, um, comes to the tracks and just sees his, like, his fedora. He's like, oh, <laughs> boy. I mean, it's funny, man. It's kind of slapstick. It, it is, is, it's it funny, is, you know? It is. It is. It is. It's, it's totally abstracted. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's it's sort of, like, shocking, in, but in the way that, like... That that gesture where you're a kid that you you sort of like put your hand over your mouth because you don't know whether you should be laughing at yeah. this, but it is shocking. Yeah, yeah, you're like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, why would you say, oh shit, as a kid? But like, oh my, you know. I mean, you, you know what movie kind of reminds me? Um, in a way, um, this is another movie, but I think what what movie that follows the sort of, um, it's almost a spiritual successor, and I mean also like, you know, um, um, what do they call them? I forget. Um, the world's God, what do they call him? The world's finest. I mean, Batman nineteen, uh, Batman nineteen eighty nine. Man, like I feel like, or Batman mm. or the second one, I guess rather, right? Um, with the with the Penguin and with Catwoman, even all of that sort of, it's very gothic, right? So it is a little darker, but it still has this sort of levity to it, even with the violence that feels like a comic book. This mm -hmm. movie 
feels like a comic book movie. I almost hesitate to call these Marvel movies or these new DC movies comic book movies. They feel like adaptations of trying to put these characters into a real world, you know? Um, well, I mean, th- uh, yeah. it, it feels like all their consultants are just 14-year-old boys that love to see things that are badass, man. Yes, I exactly. want to see things that are badass. Exactly, exactly. Where this film is like, no, it's more whimsical, you know? I'm going to mm-hmm. make you a man. I'm going to make you believe that a man can fly. You know, I'm not going to tell you, you know, but I'm going to make you believe it, right? I'm going to make you be a child again. And I don't know, this, like, like this is why I guess, like, Luthor... Yeah, I guess it wouldn't have worked the way I I would have envisioned him, right? Like if it were if it if it would have all it would have been too I guess incongruous, right, with the tone of the film, you know. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about how Kurt, you were talking about the the plan getting away from him, and he depends on Otis to like the the their plan is to basically reorient to nuclear missiles mm-hmm. yes for some reason the navy well, no, no. and the actually actually one nuclear missile but it becomes two in yes. part because otis is a complete fuck up that luther depends upon to do his for his some reason smartest smartest wh- diabolical genius depends on an idiot to to, to carry yes. his plan but sure uh, I mean, maybe, maybe he was the only one that he could find that that was okay with it. I don't know, uh, <laughs> and and for 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 very cheap too. I'm I'm guessing, uh, but but yeah, like I love the fact that he's like, uh, uh, Mr. Luthor, I I I uh, <laughs> I you know, <laughs> I, the, the the coordinates were one seventeen. He's like. Se- wait, 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 hold on. 117? That was one? It was 11 and seven. Otis, <laughs> I, I, God, the, I laughed, even though I knew, like, it's it's like, oh, wow, this is like, everyone's getting a little assaulted in this movie. Uh, and, but but I, I couldn't stop laughing. He's like, no, I have a, lo- a long enough arm, Mr. Luthor. He's like, I'm going to show you a long arm. <laughs> like, it just like turns away from the wheel to beat him, beat the shit out of him in the, in the ambulance. Oh, yeah, I couldn't, they, oh, I couldn't God. stop laughing at that. Yeah, man. Oh, oh man. man. Yeah, you know what, man? This this movie and and it's the humor, man. I didn't realize. I didn't remember how funny it was. You know, I'd forgotten how funny it was. You know, um, which well, which you don't you don't you just don't the humor now. And I don't mean to make comparisons, but again, this is like this is like what should have been the template for superhero movies, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems as if like you know um, that either like like. I don't know. Like this film says, like, hey, you know that this is a superhero, right? Movie. The characters in the movie know that this is ridiculous, and we're gonna run with that until mm-hmm. we, you know, until we kill Lois Lane, and you're like, oh shit, you know. Yeah, we. I, I also love that they used Miss Tessmacher as like bait. Yes. Uh, for for uh, <laughs> the the one cameo that I was like, oh, I know why. That's Larry Hagman right there. Yeah. <laughs> he he was like known to be like the horn dog on <laughs> on shows, you know. So you know, th- that was the Easter egg, right? It's like, oh look, the horny guy. Yeah. He's gonna want to give her uh CPR, you know. Yeah. Uh it, it's all very like like this sounds like problematic, but it's all very it's it's all so I don't know, man. It it's sure, I guess it could still be problematic, but it's also juvenile. In, in its comedy that it I can't really take it seriously, you know, like in, yeah. in the, in that sense. Right. Yeah. It was like, like, like I was just saying like, yeah, like 
basically Luthor, like I, I, there's a moment where T- Miss Tessmarker says, I know I'm going to get wrapped in the mouth for asking this, but you know, who can, you know, and, <laughs> and you're like, huh? So he beats Miss Tessmarker up too. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this exactly. is not, this yeah. is not good, but also like, it doesn't linger on it. Like, I don't know, man. It, it's just like a very, like it, it makes his point and lets you make make the connections. It's very it's very of its time, you know, it's very of its time. Cause I mean I'm also kind of like, man, like it sounds like Miss Testmarker is actually smarter than Otis. <laughs> but I guess because she's a woman and she has tits, you're like, no, you're just gonna be like my little plaything. And I mean, I don't know. And she also does end up coming mm. through, right? Yep. yep. She ends up saving the day, right? Yep. Well, uh, after a, a, a very, very light uh sexual assault on superman mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah, yeah. This, this is true he's like why did you kiss what, me what, why did you kiss me before <laughs> before he took off the kryptonite it was like i i figured you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't want me to yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh man um um i guess before i guess uh because we're we're getting towards the end of the movie. Is there there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we're, that happened. we're approaching? Yeah, we're approaching the length of the movie. Now. Well, we haven't really oh, okay. So we haven't really gotten to any of the stuff that we don't that we didn't like apart from Lex Luthor, which I I feel okay about Lex Luthor. There there are there is however one scene which mm. really doesn't work for me at all, even though it probably kind of should, and that is the scene where. Uh, Superman is carrying Lois, and she does her whole like "Can you read my mind?" song. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I, so strange. I still, like I literally <laughs> do not understand what the fuck is going on. Yo, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like, dog. Like, I think, I think that I downloaded like years ago when I watched the movie. I was obsessed with it. Um, I think I downloaded the soundtrack. And I think it had the like, <laughs> with, like, like, like a, a, a spoken the, word, like yeah, a spoken word song. Spoken, and Margot Kidder doing her spoken word shit. And um, <laughs> I think like, I think when I was a kid watching it, it was about teens. I was kind of like, you know what? I feel like I should like this and appreciate it. You know, um, and I think I really ended up hating it. I was just like, yeah, like you, Kurt, like this is fucking weird. But then, then, then I watched when I was watching it, man. Like I was kind of like. Dude, this is so corny and it's so bad, but also like, no, it's fucking bad. I guess I just did kind of like the part it where almost, she's like, "No, you're right. It almost, it almost works. It's almost, it almost on the works. right level of sincerity for this." Because film. she's like, she's like, "Yo, you have all these powers. Like, can you read my mind? What are you thinking about?" I'm also like, "Yo, you just met this dude. You know what I mean? You don't know who." And also too, them flirting was very i mean like watching it now i was like like at one at one point um she says to him how big are you you know how tall are you and i was like i was like god damn man they snuck in a lot of they were super horny for yeah, each other there, like there immediately was, yeah know? there's a lot of innuendo in that scene where it's like uh and what about your other uh, are your other bodily functions normal yeah do yeah. you <laughs> he's like, he's like Whoa, hey. <laughs> I'm like like sitting here fanning myself a little bit. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I gotta take up the handkerchief and like wipe my brow. But like, yeah, that 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 where where um that what do you, what's I don't even know what it's called. What's on my mind is that it's just it's very weird. And I mean also too, I guess like, this is the part that I guess I didn't like what they did. And again, this is a this is this is a fucking superhero movie. It doesn't even make sense that he can fly. But um, and I know they tried to make it look beautiful, but I was like, so 
she is, instead of flailing beneath you by the tips of her fingers, somehow you've transferred kind of floating, your yeah. flight to her yeah. and she is floating next to you in the air. I mean, like, it looked bad, but it looked 1978 bad, right? So it's just like, okay, whatever, fine, you know. But uh, the flying sequence was eh, probably not one of my I like the sequence. I think, that, and I, I even like having like a weird, sincere monologue i think that it's that monologue as written is just bad like (laughs) yeah it's so weird like she says like uh let's see will you look at me quivering like a little girl shivering you can see right through me uh you can fly you belong in the sky you and i could belong to each other if you it's 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 a fucking horrible poem it's a really bad poem it sounds like she's doing like slam poetry it sounds like she's doing the sky this is this is this is the sky and i'm gonna fly yes this is this is the genesis of uh rupee cower or whatever her name is the instagram poet yeah oh uh yeah anyway yeah it's it's very strange. I I did not care for it, but also I also thought like eh, it's it yeah. is what it is, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what, too? I mean, like again, this is like one of those snapshots, those uh, those uh, those highlights, right, of the comics. Where I and mean, even if you never read a Superman comic, you know about like um um this this uh, this love of destiny between him and Lois Lane. I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, they're meant to be together, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're meant to be together, you know? Um, and again, like, I like that. I like that it wasn't a sort of buildup, you know, of like, you know, does he get the girl? It's like, no, like, they're magnetically attracted to one another, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I guess that flight part work, works for me, too. It's just that uh, that monologue is very weird. <laughs> it is very, very strange. Weird. Like, you it's can pretty strange. much just mute the audio, man. It's a fine Yeah, scene. just watch them fly. Yeah, I'll just, put on, I'll just put on the Planet Krypton, like, the first minute with their fly. Dude. Well, like, I mean, I, I would say that, that I, I suppose that the intention here was that this is a moment where we get to see Lois, the sort of, like, the careerist. Right. Uh, you know, Sort of show a moment of vulnerability, yeah. uh, and whatnot, but I don't know that it works, so I mean, <laughs> it, it's fine. It, it, but yeah, it, the, the more you listen to it, the more it sounds it does take on those cadences of like you know, just like, like you said, Kurt, like slam poetry or spoken mm-hmm. word type yeah. stuff. It's just very, very odd. Oh, yeah, it looks it sounds like she should be like at the New York Poets Cafe with that. Not even actually. <laughs> the, the poets there are pretty good, actually. They're really good, actually. I don't, let, me not, let me not shit on the New York. I used to go to <laughs> Oh, you, 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 Aaron. You say that, but there is a Dorican cafe that is the replica of the original in New York, in Puerto Rico. What? <laughs> At least it was. It was. It was when I left. So that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's pretty great. Anyway, uh, so so let do we want to move on to uh, the end? Um, I'm thinking about anything else within that middle part that I liked or didn't like because we talked a lot about the beginning, um, which mm-hmm. I mean, you know, granted, and we're gonna talk about the end. Um, uh, I, I like Superman like, sa- saving the cat. Yeah, the yeah, I like Superman saving. Yeah, I like Superman using his powers yeah, that, and saving everything. That, that, that was cool. Honestly, that entire montage of like Superman, like fighting crime it's so great because it just sort of like just it all in one night he saves the president's jet he, oh god he, that scene he, i forgot about that scene jesus yeah that it's amazing. great uh the 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 yacht that ends up i i also even loved the the sort of almost uh looney tunes ish 
uh, comedy of like the cop going like, yeah, yeah, you saw a guy who can fly. Uh, I'll meet you down at, uh, you know, wh- whatever the uh, hmm. patio Shannon's uh, pub. Oh, <laughs> uh, some me. shit like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever it is. And he's like, tell you what, uh, they see the, the yacht out in front of the precinct. He's like, tell you what, uh, hey, you go, I'll go with you. Uh, first rounds on me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, like, like him saving the town um saving the city and saving uh, uh the president's plane or saving the the little girl's cat or even when he uh apprehends the- those uh those robbers it's all this look of incre- incredulity you know that's all it's like i can't believe the- it's happening and it's like it, it just instills a sense of wonder and awe you know that i appreciate the it. the cat burglar climbing up the uh the glass yes 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 uh, love it that was good <laughs> yeah what, what does he say he says um he says something like if if honesty is oh god i forgot what he says man he says he says something witty to the guy man um i don't remember but i mean he just also has like a lot of these like quippy one-liners you know mm-hmm. um that but, I, but delivered in like a, a stern sort of like you should know better type of tone wagging his finger exactly yep yeah. i love i mean it, it, but it but it fits exactly like his boy scoutness right like yes. that—that's the whole point of Superman. Yes, he's the Boy Scout. He's the big bull Boy Scout. Exactly. Um, he's like, I, you should know better. I do like I, I, on along those lines. I like when he scolds Lois for smoking, and she's like, <laughs> "Oh, lung cancer, right?" And he looks at her and goes, "Not yet. Yes, not yet. Yes." And it's even like, the effect. This- oh, we didn't even talk about that, but the special mm-hmm. effects. You know, um, um, that scene where I mean, it's not like a, it's not an amazing special effect, but I thought it was pretty cool. He uses his X-ray it's vision good. to look at yeah. her lungs, you know. And um, one thing, okay, this is one thing I didn't kind of like that much. It's not that I didn't like it because this is like it sounds like heresy to say I didn't like this part. This is fucking one of his main powers, and it's the the can you believe making fly? But um, I mean, like of course they're using these fucking wire strings and shit like that, right? But um, he always looks like Christopher Reeves when he's taking off. It always looks very funny to me, you know. Like his body is always at this like kind of curve shape. I mean, it just looks kind yes. of odd. You know yeah. what I mean? It looks kind of. It's, it looks like he's not very comfortable flying through the it air. Looks, you know? It looks like a very yeah. I I I assume there must have been something with his feet. I yeah. assume that there must have been something rigged up to his feet or his lower legs to keep him straight like that, yeah. and that maybe that like restricted his movement because yeah, it it looks like he's it, when when he takes off as Superman, it kind of looks like they're trying to do something akin to like like swimmers coming off the block mm-hmm. yeah. but he looks like he's kind of like tied together in a weird way or something so <laughs> yeah. it looks like like he can't yeah. quite move properly <laughs> yeah. yeah and i mean yeah. i mean this is like this is the benefit of like cgi and stuff right but um you know movies now when characters fly right um there's no longer like you know my two hands are in front of me you know what i yes. mean like the hands are at their sides or behind them or something like that and look like a bullet flying through the air yes. but at the same they, time though they just zip off like a like yeah a, they like, zip like off but but he he literally <laughs> he sails off <laughs> he, he looks just, like a napkin in the wind you know like when he's flying I, I have to say, so I watched, okay, here's something interesting to talk about. I watched this with my kids um, and they fucking loved it. I was surprised at how into this film they were just because like the pacing is very different. The effects. So, so first of all, they, they couldn't express it, what they meant, but they knew that it wasn't CGI. Mm. And they said, how are they making him do that? And I said, well, they they do tricks with the camera, but like they thought so so they could tell that it wasn't CGI, 
But their next assumption was it's real and that guy can really fly. <laughs> That's Which awesome. I thought was really cool. Because like specifically we were because I, I, I think the first time you see him fly is when he leaves the Fortress of Solitude, yes. right? And he flies and kind of zooms towards the camera. And my kids were like, Wow, how is that? How did oh, they do dude. that? Yo, how does that know, work? Do <laughs> you know how heartening that is to hear, man? Because like I mean, we're just inundated with right. not just slop, but like CGI slop, right? Um, um, th- there's a lack of practical effects, right? And for your kids to watch that and not think that it looks corny or cheap or cheesy, but actually with the dumbed down practical, I'm going to call them dumbed down practical effects because like these are like... These are like very intricate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess like um, um, special effects and the way that the, that uh, everything is set up and works. But the fact that it looks more believable, you know, because as much as yeah. I'm talking about the fact that he looks like he's very uncomfortable, I mean, like, shit, dude, it looks more realistic than watching a little Play-Doh plastic man soar up into the sky like a rocket, you know? And it's it's pleasant to watch. Like, it looks fly. It makes flying look fun. It doesn't make yeah. it look like something that's scary and really fast although if you want to go really fast i guess you could but it makes it look like he's floating i mean like i said he's like a plastic bag in the wind you Mm -hmm. know like like a butterfly rather maybe or a bird i don't know it's cool yeah it's 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 different because it looks like as you say it looks like somebody flying it doesn't look like a bunch of CGI stuff to obscure the fact that it looks kind of funny when somebody flies like they tried to really show you the flying just like just like when he runs past the train they show you clark running and then he runs past the train you know it's not like he doesn't go into hyperspeed vision with all cgi bullshit flying around they're like nope there's a train he's gonna go faster than it and he's gonna go right in front of it it's like if you saw a guy running really fast this is what it would look like yeah 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 and you'd be like what the fuck <laughs> it looks like actually it does look kind of creepy right it's kind of it's almost like stop motion or some shit so it did like, kind of freak me out a little bit i was like this looks weird i guess if i saw that i have the same reaction yeah, <laughs> but yeah no yeah th- and that that to your point aaron was very heartening and very cool to me uh to see too they were also they were so fucked up when lois died they could not believe that she died because that doesn't that doesn't happen. That doesn't fucking that doesn't happen, happen in films that they watch. <laughs> no, it doesn't, man. I mean, we, we should probably get to the end too, because like that that the end. I mean, when I I knew what happened this time, um, because I had obviously seen it before, but um, it still shocked me. And the first time I watched it, I had the same reaction that your kids had. I was like, holy shit. There's no fucking way they kill Lois Lane. Yeah. Look, like, how are yeah, they yeah, going to yeah. bring, how are they like gonna fucking gonna bring him back? Like, the movie's just going to end on Superman crying. And you're like, oh, shit. Dude, that's what I thought when I watched it the first time, I think, man. He just, just fl- flies, flies himself into a bar and just, like, cries into his beer. Just, like, on the on I mean, a bar now stool. we're back on Superman 3 again. Or, or is that 4? <laughs> I think it's... Uh, I think it's 3. Is that the one where they where they like the evil Superman and he goes to the bar? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like a five o'clock shadow. Yep, yep. That's that's the one with Richard Pryor in it, right? Is that Quest for Peace? Uh, isn't that four? That's the one where it's like Nuclear Man or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I have not seen. I have not seen three or four. I've heard they're really bad, which is why I've avoided that. But I, pro- I probably should watch them. I have seen the scene that we just talked about. That's the only scene that I. I I've seen that and like the big climactic fight with a uh, Nuclear Man. But but yeah, that's mm. it. But anyway, uh, oh, so so one of the things that's interesting here, and you know, is the fact that we get the 
another montage of him helping people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, except, you know, it's it's sort of like trying to fix what Lex Luthor did. I, I mean, this is after he catches the missile that's headed to to Hackensack, New Jersey, and gets a face full of um a face full of, I guess, uh rocket uh, exhaust. exhaust. <laughs> Just like he's just like picking atoms out of his teeth or whatever, whatever. When he flies, <laughs> flies back towards California or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, it, like that whole sequence is interesting because it, it, that's Hoover Dam, right? Uh, yeah. It's supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's Hoover Dam. Yeah, yeah. Like G- Jimmy Olsen's just walking around Hoover Dam by himself for whatever reason. Yeah, Lois dropped him off there, I guess. Uh, yeah, to, Lois, to, to, yeah, yeah, they went on a trip together. They were supposed to go on a report, but for some reason she drops him off at a dam. I don't remember exactly what happens, but it's <laughs> it, it, it's it's there. It's just there for, it's just, Jimmy is there for, soup, for, uh, for Superman to have someone to save, you know. And he keeps yep. his promise because he could have saved, uh, he could have went to the dam first, but he promised Miss Tessmarker um, when she took the kryptonite off him in mm-hmm. uh, Luther's lair, he promised her that he would go after, uh, not that he wouldn't have, but he goes after the one going to Hackensack, New Jersey to save her mom mm-hmm. first because her mom lives yep. there. You know? Well, so so let me, let me uh, let's backtrack real quick because mm-hmm. I did really enjoy the uh, that, that whole scene where uh, Luther tricks Superman. He's basically doing like, uh, what is it, Br'er Rabbit type stuff. Like, oh, no, don't look there. You don't uh, want to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then and it's and like then, I ahead, told you. And then Superman <laughs> does say something to. interesting though. He says, um, he says, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the metal from this box uh for your ca- for uh the to, bars to, on your to build your bars, yeah, to yeah. build the bars on your prison. I was like, okay, that's yeah, that's yeah, pretty that's good. good. That's a good line. That's a good line. <laughs> good image too, good image too. Uh, but yeah, like I, I honestly, I love that. He's like, oh, you st-, because he 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 initially starts sending him a message. Via like a an actual dog whistle <laughs> frequency, you know, he's like, there are only there's only one other uh, person, there's only one, one other being who's not uh, four legged uh, that can hear me right now, and yeah. I I really love that because it really sort of hammers home how different uh, like Superman's experience of the world is. Yes, yeah, it's so good. It's such a good little twist too. I God, I love it. Anyway. Uh, that that's twenty minutes after the the missiles fly. <laughs> so, uh, let, let's can we talk about uh the the most metal scene ever, which yes. is him flying down into the San Andreas Fault. And do you even lift, bro? Can you <laughs> lift up? Uh, can you lift the crust of plate? the earth? <laughs> yes. Can you lift a tectonic plate? I, I mean, this is this is where too where um um where I enjoy like. Because Superman's power levels are always like it depends on who's writing him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they went all out with this one, you know. Um, and even Lois asked him, she's like, "Well, like I think she's interviewing him, like, well, how fast can you go? Like, how strong?" He's like, "Well, I've never like tested the limits, you know." And um, he definitely does. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's, I mean, it's really just cool to see him. The one the one power I guess he doesn't use in the film is heat vision, but apparently he uses that in Superman too. But um, mm-hmm. just seeing his display of strength, man, and seeing him like fly down into the earth. I mean, it was just, it was cool. It looks good too. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah, really yeah. good as well. A- especially yeah. juxtaposed with the scene of Lois getting buried alive. Yes. Um, yes it's yes. like, there's a lot of good dirt effects. Also, also the whole damn sequence looks, looks great. Like it, there's mm-hmm. parts where it looks like miniatures, but it looks like such 
complicated and like well-made miniatures, you're like, all right, I'll look at some miniatures. Those look great. Yeah. My suspension of disbelief is, uh, is uh, pretty, very suspended right now. Well, I mean, I think that that's also like the, the thing that, that I think we've talked about this before where it's like a, a practical effect sort of invites you to sort of co-create. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's cool. It's impressive. You can see it's, that yeah, hands, yeah, you can see the, human the hands made it. It's like, it's like looking at like, if you guys have, have ever gone and seen like a really, really well-made model train layout, it's like that where like, okay, it doesn't really look like real, real, but you're like, holy shit. Like this looks great. Right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a, a perfect example. Kurt, you may not be old enough. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure Aaron, you, you may not either mm. did, but there was an old HBO sequence that was like the lead in to any one of their like oh yes before premium TV yes was the a, little was like a the little the city little, yes, yes yes oh yes absolutely I absolutely did you ever know see that okay but did you ever see the making of no that se- oh no. it's 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 magical I can imagine I wish we rocks. I I wish we would get more of that type of thing nowadays because honestly that's that's the type of thing that it was like whoa that's so cool and like it it makes you buy in like even even Mm -hmm. the like knowing how it's made makes you buy into the the actual effect you're like oh shit this looks so cool oh look it's a chrome hbo logo (laughs) i know what you guys are talking about like i'm looking at it now um they've redone it then reimagined it in the past mm-hmm. few years where like of course they use cgi to make it look like the city but um bah, but like bah. yeah but yeah man yeah there are there are the special the practical special effects for like the disaster you know of the fault line um mm-hmm. being split open the earthquakes in this in this in the end of the movie they look really good and yeah, mm-hmm. lois lois also getting buried by sand i mean it's claustrophobic it's, man it's hair like it's, literally and figuratively harrowing yes and it, i mean she's getting literally buried and covered with like dirt and it's like i don't know it goes on i mean of course mm-hmm. there's cuts cutting back between superman saving everyone else but it goes on for a minute well know? because because it, it just it, what it does is it builds that tension is yeah. he gonna get to her yes mm-hmm. And the sad no. fact is, <laughs> yes, exactly nope. right. That is the short answer. No, he does not get there in time. And so that's where he uh, he violates the one rule that uh, Jor-El gave him. Again, directive. his emotions in this scene are so, it's so good how it's set up where it's like, mm-hmm. it brings it back, you know, obviously it's bringing it back to his dad. Yes. Um, of of mm-hmm. being like you know you can't you can do all this stuff but you can't save her and he basically shot goes, in the same way too I can say as you were saying oh, I think um yeah. I think either one of you guys are saying it's like it's a wide angle shot right and it's quiet mm. he's just mm-hmm. he's just standing there and leaning there in his cape while his cape is fluttering in the wind in this fucking desert just mm-hmm. looking down at her body and like I and guess. Like- Ca- God, caressing ca- yeah caressing her face yeah and just and saying brushing, no, brushing no. her hair brushing her hair out of her face and stuff like that and it's 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 really like they they linger on and uh, let, let's you know like it, it's it shouldn't be a surprise here but but reeves is like a theater you know actor mm-hmm. before he he made it into film and they're just letting him like yeah, I could imagine the director going like, "Yeah, yeah, Reeve, go, 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 keep, keep it going." Yeah, yeah, he's just yeah. He's give just me the acting. emotions. He's just acting, just straight up acting. 
I mean, when he looks down on her body and he just repeats the word no over and over again, you know, and it's like you feel right like this, this loss is like not just reminiscent of his father, you know what I mean? But it's also like, you know, this woman that he just he just met and fell in love with in this new life that he's trying to forge. And mm-hmm. and and it reminds me of um, when he flies off and screams, man, it reminds me of um the Wrath of Khan, you know, yeah. where where Kirk Kirk screams, Khan! It's just like kind of one of those scenes where mm-hmm. you like, you primal, feel a primal, primal rage. rage. Yes, a primal rage and he flies off, you know, into the atmosphere, man. And um, and it's, it's, I can't, you know what, I can't say it's stupid because it is stupid and it doesn't make any sense, but it's also pretty fucking cool, right? He mm-hmm. flies around the earth fast enough to stop its rotation and then flies back around to a reverse time to make sure that none of this happens anyway. And mm-hmm. it looks kind of cool, man. It looks cool. Yeah, I, I, yeah. this for me is the thing that I thought was not going to work. And honestly, it worked for yeah. me. And maybe yeah. it's just because it's in the context of this movie. And as like like you were saying before, Aaron, like this is a comic book movie. Yeah. And I think it really depends on what you're like what you think of when you think of comic books. So maybe, maybe it's, you know, part of it is just that, like, I remember they had, when I was a little kid at the library, they had a comic section. It wasn't big, but one of the things they had was a giant omnibus of all of like the 1940s Superman comics. And I sat Mm. there and I read the shit out of those. So that was, that, that is the most Superman I have read, even though I'm well aware that that's not the current depiction. And it's, you know, uh, there's a lot about it that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I just I have enough of that template in my head that I see this and I'm like, yeah, OK, you know what? I'll go along with this. It's not I would not be, ple- you know, I say that I would not be pleased if they did this in an episode of Justice League. But I actually think I'd probably would have gone along with it even then. I don't know. <laughs> it, 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 maybe it's just because it's corny enough. It's the right corny. But. It worked for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it worked for me too, man. I mean, I think especially too, because, um, you know, when he's flying up, when he's flying off um, up into the sky, you know, and um, I guess before he knows what he's going to do, right, he, he, he sees Jor-El, right, uh, in the clouds, right? And telling him, like, do not interfere with human history. Simba, and, uh, <laughs> remember who you yeah. are. That's yeah. basically, yeah, the Lion King stole it from Superman 1978, yep. basically. Yep. But then you hear Pa Kent, right? And then this tension and dynamic, right, of his two fathers, right, is brought up again. Where his father says, like, you were sent here for a reason. And, um, you know, you hear him, you hear then young Clark, right, uh, overlaid with that saying, you know, with all the powers that I have after his, uh, Pa Kent's funeral, I couldn't even save him. And just like, I mean, like movies will sometimes use flashbacks, like whether it's like a scene or whether it's like a voiceover of something a character said. And a lot of the times it feels heavy handed and ham fisted. Like, yo, I'm not that much of an idiot. I can put two and two together. But at that moment, you're like, yo, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? And when he does it. It just that's why it works for me, right? It yeah. is, it's not about the physics or why it makes sense. It's the way that it's sort of set up with this with this sort of tension, right? And this mm-hmm. like, should I do this thing? Is it selfish? And then he does it, right? And also ends up like, you know, saving a lot of property damage and probably uh lives from, you know, uh uh the 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 earthquake that had happened um mm-hmm. before he was able to prevent it. But um, I don't know, it, it worked for me, man. It was cheesy, but it's also a fucking comic book, man. Mm-hmm. It's a comic yep. book movie, you know. Yep. Well, I, I I love that uh, once 
Lois Lane is reestablished. Like he goes back in time just long enough to get Lois Lane back out. Um, he flies off and Lois Lane is like, huh? Weird, right? Clark's never around once. So- <laughs> Lois, that's the silliest. <laughs> that's the silliest idea you've ever had. Blah, blah. And it sort of sets up like uh, the, the, the tension that becomes uh, much more uh, to the fore in the second movie. Yeah. Uh, which we we might decide to visit at some uh, honestly, point. Honestly, honestly, I would be down for that, man, because um, I I kept getting the first and the second movie confused, um, <laughs> and I realized it's the second. I like the first one. Don't get me wrong, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think the second one, the second one's definitely definitely close behind. But these are neck and neck because the second one has mm-hmm. like I mean it has Zod in it, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I haven't seen the second one in a long. I don't know if, I, if I've ever same, actually seen same. the whole thing, like end to end. I've definitely wow, seen okay. most of it, but I don't know if I've ever like sat down. It, it, if I have, it's certainly it's like it's like when I was a little kid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, here's a good excuse, Kurt. <laughs> no, yeah, man. I'm no, not I'd gonna be... do it. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I will. And also, by the way, this this made me. Uh, you know what? I haven't done it, but I should. I, I kind of want to go watch uh, Superman the Animated Series. Oh, oh shit, dude! Good. That it show holds, is like that. Up. That first, that first, uh, like that that uh, first two parter, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I um I had a think about about two years ago now, maybe maybe three. Um, uh, this is I I got in a car accident. I got out the hospital and um I was really depressed. And this is when I got into Star Trek and um. And um, this is also when I rewatched um, um, all of the DC oh. uh, Bruce Tim. Um, I started with, Hell of course, yeah. Batman the Animated Series, and then I went to Superman the Animated Series. And there's a little part where they kind of overlap for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then um, Justice League, and then Justice League Unlimited. And I mean, like, dog, like, I, I mean, I know that Marvel, you know, kicks DC's ass in the uh, the live action game, but I'm sorry, man, you can't hold a candle, yeah. right? They're like good. to DC's they're, they're animated, so like better. the Bruce, the Timverse. I mean, these are, I, again, these are these are storylines that I think, like for me, um, that are not only drawn from the comics, but I think that the comics are actually inspired by a lot of the stuff that oh, the show definitely. is doing. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. You know? So um, I mean, shit, man. I know that's a whole different thing, but yo, I could, I could, I could watch that and talk about that for that whole entire like series and the arcs in that show like uh forever man but um yeah if anyone actually if anyone if anyone hasn't seen superman the animated series since we're talking about superman you should go check that out it's uh it's very good it's good not not the max flesher one that one's okay that one's good too not okay that one's pretty good too but um no this is this is i this is the superman i grew up on you know Mm -hmm. it really is man all right um so uh folks by now you could have watched the movie Yes, uh, so. you could have literally. I think we've done the runtime of the movie. <laughs> you can and, watch and, along and as some. you're listening. Yes, <laughs> this is not uh, just to be clear, not a commentary track. Just simply some comments about the movie. Yeah, because I've ruined I ruined the movie like 20 minutes and 15 <laughs> minutes into the conversation. <laughs> so it's Great the recording so. cannot yeah. be spoiled. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, it's true uh, I, to a certain extent. Like there are. Uh, We've tried to, with our words, convey exactly how some of these uh, shots make you feel. Can't really capture it, though. So go watch it, folks. Go watch it. Uh, Any last thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Last thing I'll say, too. um, 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 
if you if you haven't seen this movie, uh, the first thing you should do um, is just go listen to the Planet Krypton. Type in into YouTube the Planet Krypton and listen to the first minute and fifteen seconds of that. And um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, tell me you don't want to see this movie. You know, it's great. It's, uh, it's, it's great. great. It's and great. it's even better. Yeah. See, it's even better listening to it when the movie's going. So yes, mm-hmm. definitely, yes. indeed, yep. indeed. Yeah, no, I. Uh, it's it's a terrific film. It holds up. Kids still like it. I can attest to that. I still enjoyed it. And it's just, it doesn't feel like a superhero film. It just feels like a film about superheroes or about superhero comics. It's just, it's, yes. it's different. It's different and it's unique. And um, it's, I don't know, it's it's from another era of film entirely. And it and it feels it. And it's, I love that it is that way. So. Mm-hmm. This this Same. is this is what comic book movies. Um, you know, when when we say comic book movies, uh, it, it, it sucks because I like comic books, but I also get that this is slop. And you know, sometimes when people use the word uh, 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 disparagingly or the term disparagingly, um, um, comic book movies, like I get it, but this is a comic book movie and like it yep. should be and it's proud it's not shying away from being a comic book movie because at the time it was there was nothing else really like it you know so uh i don't know man i i mean i think this is still the best if one of the best if not the best um probably tied uh 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 tied with superman 2 uh the best superhero movies that uh i've i've ever seen man so uh go check that shit out man it's very good and christopher reeves like god damn man rest in peace he's a king i mean he's he will always be the same way that kevin conroy is always gonna be my batman christopher reeves will always be my superman yep you know agreed agreed all right um if kurt you you have yes yes go ahead yes uh so uh exciting news um we've been on a kind of blood knife issue hiatus for a while and uh, I can share that Blood Knife issue 14 is now officially out on bloodknife.com. It was our AI slash machine learning issue. Um, so we have a variety of different articles about different aspects of uh, quote unquote AI, including kind of from a from a labor angle, from a research angle, from an artistic angle. Um, so we've got five articles by people like uh, Connor Rose Southard. Myself, uh, Hazel Zorn, uh, Ryan Walraven, Esteban Hernandez, lots of good good writers um, putting putting together some interesting thoughts on it. We had um, original original artwork from Katarina Gerbasi and Vin Tanner, uh, and we have a new playlist. Um, so you should go check that out uh, at bloodknife.com. And uh, I will say we just put out a submission call um for pitches for our third annual state of cyberpunk uh, issue, um, which is coming out in August. So um, I think this, I think that this episode is actually coming out tomorrow. So it's still relatively Mm -hmm. timely. Um, But uh, I posted about it on Twitter, but we're looking for um, two additional articles on kind of anything related to cyberpunk, both artistically and culturally. Hell, it could be about, it, 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 you know, it, it could be about dead malls. It could be about any, you know, it could be about vaporwave, something, something interesting. Um, and I'm also looking for two reviews of cyberpunk or cyberpunk adjacent work. So if you have any interest in, in writing for us, we pay decently well. Um, and you can pitch us at Kurt at bloodknife.com or go look up the Twitter thread for more information. So oh, yeah. check it oh, out. Yeah. All right. Sounds great. 
Aaron, and, uh, thanks for coming on again. Yo, thanks, thanks for having awesome. me on, guys. Uh, this is a, uh, I mean, uh, this is probably one of my uh, my favorite uh, appearances that I like to make, man. So uh, anytime, I love nerding out with you guys and um, uh, getting into uh, getting into a little bit of a you know nostalgia and childhood, man. Because when I talk about this stuff, um. It reminds me that, um, yeah, man, I used to be a kid and I used to enjoy movies. Yeah. <laughs> I still do enjoy. I still do. I still do enjoy movies, but uh, I, I have a fantastical mind, like we all do here. And um, uh, the the state of that, the state of that, uh, that genre and that uh, that industry, uh, it, it kind of sucks. So it it's needs nice a bit be, less. I think it, it needs a little bit less. It needs, it to needs do a little less. bit. It needs a little bit less. And what less needs to be good? You yes. know, the less of yeah. it needs to be good. <laughs> it yeah. can't be. It can't be slop. This movie is not slop. <laughs> yeah. But um, yes. thanks for having me on again, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Glad to have you on. Uh, yeah. And hopefully we'll we'll have you back on. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, um, thanks for, for, for dropping in. Uh, it was great talking about this movie. I, I, honestly, I, I agree with you, Aaron. I, I, I was sort of surprised at how, how well, and, and to your point, Kurt, how well this really holds up. Um, but in any case... We've already talked about this. Everyone out there, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Here Bye. on Bonsai. Bye. You'll, you'll believe a man can podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Bye.